Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, it is episode 519. Wolf, what's up, Doug? <laughs> Nothing. Just you and I on the intro today. Just hanging out. There, actually, I gotta be honest to people in podcast world. You and I are just in the studio, but Eric and Austin are out in the green room, uh, we're prepping for a new entertainment system and moving deer heads and doing all sorts of stuff here at the studio. It's going to be bumping. It's going to be bumping. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, making things look good, getting some stuff back from Old Barn Taxidermy, which is exciting. Uh um, a good time. couple announcements. If you're listening to this podcast and you're on your way down or making the journey from wherever you're coming from, to the working yep, class yep. bow hunter shoot this weekend, June eleventh. Thank you. We hope you enjoy this one, and we're looking forward to seeing you and then sharing a beer afterwards at the after party. Yeah. So see you soon. Shout out already to Galesburg Archery Club. Yep, for hosting our shoot, thirty target outdoor three D course in Rio, Illinois. Go to our website, hit the shoot tab. All the info you need is there. It's not a competition. You have to be registered and on the course by two. Have fun. Shoot from where you're comfortable. And then uh, if you're 21 or over afterwards, come on out to the after party, Jigs' Tavern, Alexis, Illinois. That's where the party will be. That's where the par- and it's Doug's birthday. <laughs> yes, it is. That's exciting. I don't think Doug. I'll be getting as wild as last time. So Yeah, you will. Nah, I don't know. I will make sure that happens. <laughs> Easy. I will make sure that happens. Yeah, come shoot some bows, drink some beers. This will be a good time. Win some prizes. going to be a day. Yeah, lots of prizes. Lots of prizes. Um, a lot of goodies. A lot of our partners threw in. Uh, for big prizes, loophole threw in some stuff, trophy lantern, some stuff, Novix, uh, big time. Of course, the title sponsor of the shoot, um, elite, we're giving away, um, elite terrain, some slick trick broadheads. You'll be walking away with something, something thermos seat, uh, giveaways. Oh man, it keeps going. I know I'm forgetting some, but there's a lot of goodies coming. So if you're there, chances of winning something are pretty damn good. <laughs> Probably better than. Any other really anywhere else? Right? Yeah, yeah, they're better because we're else. the best. Um, a couple announcements: We are actually launching some new shirts at the shoot, so we're going to have our booth set up. If you're on your way there, you get first look. 
first opportunity at the shoot for our new merch. And they're real nice. They're real nice. We're really pumped about this new lineup, and there's more coming. Yeah. Um, and then after the shoot, they'll be online, and there's some new hats coming. So just keep that in mind. If you can't make the shoot, keep an eye out the following week, next week, uh, workingclassbowhunter.com. Uh, you want to do a veteran shout-out now? I'll do it now. Veteran shout out to submit this a veteran one. shout out workingclassbowhunter.com contact tab. You can submit them in there. I should uh, say real quick uh, when Chris just showed up, he, uh, he Chris, got, Chris J from Wolfpack. Yeah, Chris J, he, he got me a little birthday gift and it was pretty good. Actually. Uh, it was a uh, hooked on Phoenix book. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't like pre K. <laughs> it was yeah. Ages three to four. I might take that home for my daughter. Actually. So hopefully I start reading better. We'll work on you, man. <laughs> Uh, this was submitted by Lucas Kinkler, and uh, the veteran is Jordan Bigelow. It says here is in uh, Illinois Army National Guard. I served with him for 10 years, and he is the best man in my wedding. He is an Afghanistan veteran and also deployed in the country of Jordan. That's pretty crazy. Um, he's an awesome dad and is always down to drink some bush lights. Love that. So thank you for your service. Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. Well, and Lucas, because you both served together. So Thanks, Jordan. And Lucas. Thank you for spending that, Lucas. And uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Um, the podcast, Getting Into the Business, is uh, brought to you by Elite Archery. Uh, been shooting Elite for a long time. We're getting um, ready, tuned up. I'm actually taking a couple weeks off because my shoulder hurts. On the horse? My horse ran me into a tree in Wyoming. <laughs> um, I, sh- <laughs> I should have let the elite eat on a, a bear but say for another time story for another, for another time. time yeah i would have bailed off that horse but it was in the river when it happened so i didn't want to bail off in like freezing cold water so i just rode it out and i i'm so it's not like it's muscle related i think i pulled a muscle like it forced me to turn a certain way and then ran my shoulder into a tree which like basically forcefully moved my shoulder like backwards and it hurts i'm not gonna lie i'm surprised no one actually did get hurt on the horses <laughs> right like worse yeah yeah they're some close calls. They're Western, but uh, shit got Western. I'll have the elite out ripping. I'm. I don't know. I thought about pushing it, shooting at the shoot, but I might wait, man. I'm pretty sore. I don't want to. Might have one in you. The fling down. Yeah, at Curly, the steel yeah. buck. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, big time. We are getting ready in the next week to put some borderline in. I mowed everything off. Going to get it sprayed. Get some borderline in. Um, code for elite also is WCB. Big time code WCB twenty twenty two. Um, also Huntworth, Huntworth camo, Huntworth gear, code WCB 15. If you'd like to save some money and get yourself into some Huntworth stuff, rocked it in Wyoming yet again, oh, performs amazing. We had, what do we have? 75 to 30 variant in weather. It was pretty nuts. I pretty much, what I like about that, I always bring more gear than I need, Yeah, but I pretty much live in my hood, my Huntworth hoodie and either the lightweight or the midweight pants. And I live in that the whole time. And I rock, uh, I like both, like both patterns. Tarnin's such a good look. I feel like every time I wear Tarnin, I get compliments on it. Yeah. You know? Looks pretty good. Yeah. You got everything you have is pretty much Tarnin. Yeah. Sexy. I don't know why. I just like the backpack a lot. I like the backpack too. Big fan. I'm a big fan. I like it a lot. I've used it on, uh, well, shit, most of my hunts in the last year since I've had yeah, it. Yeah, since we got them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just posted that reel on our Instagram of uh, my buck battle like sitting there, and I got the Huntworth back of the pack sitting there. So if you want to take a look at that, see that. Go check there. it out. Um, also, Scent Crusher. Man, 
partnership for a long time with Scent Crusher. We think they make the best ozone scent eliminating products. Finally get my closet all set up and organized because it was kind of a catch-all during season. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, dude, everything. The gear bag, the roller bags. All of us packed roller bags full of Huntworth yeah. on our way to Wyoming. Easy peasy. We live out of it. I, we had, I had every set of clothing I needed. The storage yeah, organization was, part yeah. of Scent Crusher is over, overlooked. Yeah. I think. It's beautiful. I think it's just as important as the purpose of why you would buy oh, a scent sure. crusher back for scent elimination, to be honest. Uh, old Barn Taxidermy, I told the guys in camp, I said, if you kill a bear and you don't fucking stop at Old Barn Taxidermy on your way home and your mount gets fucked up, don't call me and bitch about it to me. Because I tried to give you a fair warning. And I think everybody listened. I think they did. All of them listened. I know the two before us for sure did. I don't know about the last camp, the last week of camp. What we'll the talk to him? Yeah. Uh, also, loophole optics, man. Uh, rocking the new uh, RX five full draw. God, I mess. I butchered the name of that. The new, the new rangefinder, the five full draw. Uh, love it. Still got to get it set up though um, to get the arc calculation oh. all set up in there. But I mean, sure. loophole performance eyewear have to have them out west. Can't go anywhere without the puffy them. jacket. Oh, the jam, the gear, the jam, bees knees. Like they make like really good clothing along with optics. It's cool. They're just doing everything. They're doing it all right. Doing for, it all right. Good for them. Um, also, trophy line. I brought my trophy line platform out there, the EDP platform, just in case I didn't end up having to use. We kind of got skunked with rain out there in Wyoming. Yeah, but check out trophy line code WCB. Um, Spy Point Trail Games, the flex is on the way. Pretty excited to get those rocking again. Mm-hmm. Um, well, rocking in the first place, but get the cameras rocking. I'm going to get up all my cell links going next week. I'm um, get that going. Um, camo fire. Um, I seen someone posting the working class bow hunters group. Their wife found their camo fire box on their front porch. You can delete your history. I can't help you on the front porch. Maybe we should hit up camo fire and be like, hey, can you just do discreet packaging like it's a porn company? Maybe that'd be like my part time job. So I just. Hide the packages for you. You just drive out. You just, you, yeah, everyone's tracking. <laughs> yeah. I'll track your packages down for you. Yeah. Just put them in. Your, uh, just meet me at the bar, nearest bar and I'll give it to you. <laughs> you get a bush light and a camel fire package. We'll make some deals. <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, so check out camel fire revolving deals. You know what? For shits and gigs, what's on camel fire right now, Doug? Let's look. Active camelfire.com. My wallet's going to hurt here. Uh, clothing. 20% off. Different brands usually. Um, but yeah, you can get on there. It's all clothing, uh, logo wear, stuff like that. So always changing. Wow, it is all clothing. There's a lot on there, actually. Yeah, they do different theme days on Camofire. Camofire.com. Uh, these deals change in six hours and 42 minutes. Hurry up. It'll be new shit. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry, you're too late. You're too late because this launched tomorrow. You should be on there yesterday. Different deals. <laughs> should have known we were going to get on there and tell you to go there. Um, and Novix Tree Stands. Uh, did you listen to last week's podcast? Frank was a hit. A lot of big compliments on Frank. I still think we should make the mustache sticks, but we'll talk. I like that. Uh, code WCB22. Uh, 200 uses once they're used up. I, I'm pretty sure it's still active. Um, I think it is. But once it's used, it's used. So um, we'll find out. American made um, products. And, and right now we need that more than anything. So that's it for the business end of this podcast this week. We hope you enjoy this. T-Bone in the house, of oh, course. It's a blast. He's the best. Does it get any better than T-Bone? No, he's so good. He's the best. Um, 
Also, one more real quick announcement. I forgot. Bear Camp 2023. We're doing one week of camp. It's going to be the week of Memorial Day. I will have how many slots, the price, and all that up soon. Our Patreon members get first dibs at it. That's what we're doing. Um, I throw it to them. It'll be up there. That info will be up to them for a week. If whatever's left over after that week, then it goes to everyone for uh, for fair dibs. It's a blast. Can't blame us for giving people who support us a little extra first dibs at an opportunity like that. So uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Ton of fun. And thank you for the support. Enjoy it. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Hunt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. All right, working class bow hunter podcast, man. T Bone is back. He's back. back. What's up, brother? How you been? Man, good to see you guys. Always, I mean, honestly, we do a lot of podcasts and radio shows, and and uh, you know, uh, you know getting interviewed for uh, all kinds of things. And I've been doing quite a few podcasts here in the last couple months. But yeah. Man, you guys are, are always the top of the heap. And I'm always, Thanks, this, this is like, this is like home base. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I like, feel like I'm home, you know? I Save, like that, man. Saving the best for last, team, yeah. right? Yeah. No, 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 no. no. But, uh, it means I mean, a lot. The, name, the name says it all, working class bow hunter. I mean, that represents what all we're about. So it, for sure, we've done quite a few over the years and, uh, you know, um, me, I know Waddell feels the same way, and as well as Nick. So yeah, on base, man. This is not even like doing a podcast. This is just like <laughs> buddies talk, talking to my boys. That's, That's right, right, man. That's right. Well, you know, we we did one with Waddy. Uh, ended up just being a one on one, and then these guys showed up at the end, just the way our schedules worked out. Yeah. And uh, you know, we got to get touch base with Nick now, the way it's working, so he doesn't feel left out. But Waddy went on some rants, boy, and yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, there's been a lot, you know. I mean, there's a there's a lot of nerves been touched with poor old Waddy over the turkey season. <laughs> I mean, he's he's been run rampant all over the country hunting turkeys, and I think he gets amped up pretty good. And then yeah, this whole when this whole deal about you know reaping turkey turkeys should be stopped, and it's it's you know killing our population. Uh, you know, and I I I got to agree with with Waddell absolutely for sure. That's freaking ridiculous. Come on, right? Yeah, yeah. That that's not. I mean. I, I will chime in and say there might be a little bit of a safety issue. A safety you know issue I mean? for sure, yeah. I possibly. Get I get that. I mean, I can I can jump in and on some conversation on that, but at the end of the day, man, as long as the states are on top of their biology and they, they make the legislature to one, uh things you're doing habitat wise or mm-hmm. credit depredation, or the biggest thing is the limits of turkeys that you can hunt or the seasons that you can hunt them. 
man, as long as it's a legal way of doing it, I mean, if they legalized wrist rockets for deer hunting, I, I'm I'm for it. You know, if they for sure, I gotta I gotta trust in them. It's kind of hard for me to say I trust a politician, but it's not necessarily a politician. It's the biologist I'm trusting. Right. Yeah. 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 It's a to chain reaction the, to the biologist yeah, to give the legislatures the info they need so that we get the right right rules and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I honestly think it's habitat and predators. I mean, I agree. That's causing the problems. So that's that's exactly what I think it is. And Bone, we did a good. we did a turkey OG series for Deercast. Uh, Mark and I interviewed a bunch of like we're gonna. I think we're gonna do it every year. But a lot of the guys that like are big in the turkey hunting game, you know, and uh, a lot of it kept kind of going back to like predation, like raccoons and stuff like that. And in Illinois, yeah. I don't know what it's like in other states. I imagine it's the same. I think it, there should just be a bounty year round, like coyotes for raccoons right now. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I mean, without having all the information, but right. just from what I know, I agree with you. Can from what we, you see. Yeah, and something else that a lot of people um, don't is uh, fire ants. You know, fire ants, you know, when you have the poults and they get into their eggs and, uh, you know, and as they, you know, fire ants will kill a small poult. They'll jump on them like crazy because, you know, we have fire ants around here. Fire ants get on them and, and they'll take them down, you know. So fire ants are a problem. Um, I don't know if you guys have gotten them yet, but uh, armadillos mm-hmm. are seem like they're they're making their way. They're they're real prevalent in Missouri, in the southern part of Missouri, but they're making their way north. It seems like they're going an extra thirty or forty miles every year. They're going farther north and north. And I I, I mean I never had uh, uh, armadillos around here till about ten years ago, and, and now they're all over the place. That's crazy. So they get, yeah, they get into nests, and I'm sure that they're probably doing something. Because it seems like most of this is happening in the southeast. Yeah. And then uh, I've seen some information. I'm sure you guys have, too. It got posted and reposted. But the way they harvest pine trees here in the south, um, you know, a lot of the agriculture that we had right here in the Piedmont region, where they planted corn, soybeans, and had agricultural crops, um, they ended up uh, turning those fields into pine trees because that's the cash crop. Pine trees grow so well down here. You get a better return on your investment if you, uh, you know, plant it in pine trees. So a lot of the agriculture where you're having to turn the crops, they did away with that, planted pine trees. And then in doing so, the hydrax uh, is how they harvest trees now in the last 20 years, 25 years. Whereas before that, guys had to go out there and cut the trees down with a chainsaw. You grab it with a skitter and take it out. So in order to clear the underbrush, underbrush, because it's like a jungle down here, everything's thick as a wicker basket, they used (laughs) to go and they would burn every pine thicket, pine forest. They'd burn it, and then that way it'd clear it up to where the guys could get in there and chainsaw. But with these new hydraxes, that they don't need to do that anymore. So all these, the way things go when you're uh, cutting pine trees is you do it in three stages. You cut it about about 10 to 12 years in, you do a thinning, and then you do another thinning, and then you do a total clear cut. So when by the time you do a total clear cut, the forest is like a plantation cut. So the pines are real tall, but there's nothing underneath there. Well, with you let that much sunlight in there under that plantation cut, things grow up and it gets so thick that, you know, the the turkeys don't want to go in there and then the predators can get them because they can't get up. So they can't fly and run from the predators easy. So it's easier for them to, you know, they like open areas where they can see and take advantage of their eyes and be in the fields and such like that. Open woods. That's why we get so much success out of burning our properties because you got so much new growth coming back. It opens up the floor where they can scratch, and then they, uh, you know, have all the young tender growth that they can eat. That's why 
prescribed burning works so well, uh, and it keeps them safe. So I didn't know all that. I didn't either. Yeah. It's a combination of all of that, you know, where the, the, the way they forest, you know, there's more pine trees than there ever was. So there's less fields mm-hmm. and the way they harvest them. And then you got coyotes and raccoons and bobcats and yep. armadillos. I think, I think those things are the, the not top one, two or three that's causing the problems with the turkeys and just weather. You get wet yeah. weather. You have a wet spring. You're not going to have a good hatch. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it, you know, it, it drowned out the the eggs and fire ants, and I mean, you can stack up a lot of things. But one thing that ain't is reaping, because I can assure you, I don't have the physique for reaping. <laughs> so T Bone ain't putting a hurt on them reaping. <laughs> T Bone, you just wear a shirt with a big full strut turkey on the front of it. I just roll, and they say. <laughs> They say, surely to God, that ain't a human. That's got to be a tumbleweed. We're safe, guys. Tumbleweed. <laughs> there you go. Just dress up like a tumbleweed. They'll never know you're coming. Well, exactly. Bone, we got a lot to talk about, man. But one thing I wanted to get while we're still kind of on the Wadi-related turkey talk, yeah. um, that last podcast and kind of seeing Wadi on social media the last few years probably, and you being so close to him and knowing him, my perspective, and I think it's great, like I'm I'm not, this is a, a praise to Watto, that I feel like he's gotten to the point in his career where he's kind of, uh, maybe saying fuck it is a strong word, but more like, I don't care now, I'm going to state my opinion, and if you don't like it, that's fine, but I'm going to tell you how I feel. And I like unapologetically, you know, he's just going for it. Yeah, yeah um, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a leader. You know, he has that leader mentality, and uh, he's always been that way. But yeah, you're right; he has stepped it up a little bit. And I, I'll give you a little bit of background on that. Between between talking with Ted Nugent and getting to talk to some of the politicians, and then plus the way the country's being run or semi taken over, and us yeah. getting a little older and more settled. It's like if we don't do it, somebody somebody's got to do it. Somebody's right. got to speak up for us for sure. And it seems like there's so many people that have a platform that are like, ah, well, I'll tiptoe, I'll support, but I'm not, you know, yeah. I don't want to be the guy to be, the, you know. And and Waddell has taken the reins and and Nugent and uh, you know like Keith Marks and the guys at Hunters Nation and you know uh, Waddell is a leader. I mean, he really, sure. he really is. And and you know, and and I've. You know, I've I've tried to be that. I want to be a damn good wingman to Waddell. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, if I if I'm, yep. I, I want to be a damn good representative of Waddell. Waddell is damn sure the the face of and the leader of Bone Collector and or you know a, a leader in our hunting industry. And I'm not just saying that it's true, and I'm not just saying that as a friend. But I want to be a a, a dang good wingman and back him up on that and. And fly the flag, uh, you know, I don't know that I'll ever be known as that guy, but I'm not afraid to say, you know, the things or back up what he's saying because I do believe in the exact same things. Nobody's yeah. a better speaker than Waddell. He can talk the horns off a of billy goat. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But, uh, no, I, I just think that he's gotten more into philanthropy. You know, he it's just like it's time to, you know, we've been fortunate enough you know, and I feel the same way. I, me and him both come from nothing and Nick too. Don't have two nickels to rub together. We both, you know, it wasn't ever given to us. We pursued a passion and we're in an industry and the industry and the folks and the, the, everything about it has been so good to us. 
you know, and we're getting into the latter years, you know, I mean, we're, we're looked upon as, you know, uh, uh, the old guys, you know, we're getting there for sure. And it's time, you know, we've had a good living. We've, we've got to put food on the table for our families and it's just time for us to, to give back and to dig our heels in and, Lord knows, man, we've seen the changes. I was on another podcast just the other day, and we was talking about that. Like, we, you know, and I told Waddell this too. I said, man, it's kind of weird how we came in because we started in the ESPN days when you guys won't don't remember this maybe, but when the only hunting you could see, period, was on ESPN before TNN. So we were doing that. I was shooting tournaments, and you know, and all the tournament coverages was big on ESPN. We had big money because. Pennzoil and Budweiser and all these big companies was backing it because it was on ESPN. So we had lots of prize money back in the nineties, early nineties. And then it, when it went away. So when ESPN dropped all outdoor programming, then TNN, which is the CMT now, which is the uh, country music television. It was a mm-hmm. uh, Nashville network. I'm sure you guys remember that. Yeah, oh, yeah, That's where all your television shows was. That's where all outdoor programming. And then we transitioned into, you know, uh, outdoor channel, cable television, sportsman's channel. And then we've transitioned into people having iPhones to talk, you know, to, to, to look at stuff on iPhones. Then you got the internet, then you got the streaming. So we've lived through it all. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we got, you know, we started when it was ESPN and TNN and then we've transitioned all through and you got to admit, you know, technology has really grown tremendously since the the mid nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Big time. Since in the last 25 years. So, uh, you know, we know that there's so many distractions on kids and stuff like that. And we can see our heritage. I mean, all the guys, I'm sure the juries will feel the same way that we're, you know, anybody that you talk to yeah, that has a little age on them is, and we got to work hard, you know, white tails unlimited, all these, uh, uh, groups that we are associated with and the organizations, you know, there's a lot to be said for whatever they're, whether it's ducks, whether it's turkeys, whether it's deer saving all that, that is absolutely. But every one of those should have a portion that goes to saving the hunting heritage, because no matter how much you save these deer and these turkeys and the ducks and the quail, if you don't have people and young kids getting into hunting, you know, um, we, we, and and I'm not just saying, you know, everybody focuses on the kids and they're very important because they're the younger group, but even just getting non hunters in here. And I guess that goes back to, what I'm talking about with Waddell is like, yeah. you know, like we need to make sure through philanthropy and our voice, we hope everybody does that. And we hope that we're doing it on a level that we inspire someone that's, that's younger to inspire others as well, rather than just like putting it all on our shoulders and us being, you know, on the top of the rock. We're not saying that we're just saying we're doing this. We can reach a lot of people, but we all as hunters need to be touching people. Right. For sure. So, really. so yeah. I, I know that's the way, we all feel, but, uh, yeah, Waddell, Waddell sits around a lot of times thinking about what's going to be my next TikTok or what's going to be my next post. I think I it's great. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. We got to have it guys. Yeah, we yeah absolutely. It. Well, it went from, and I mean, I can't even imagine bone from being like thinking back with the ESPN days where everything then was like, I mean, road trips change how outdoor television's like kind of perceived, I think. But even Absolutely. then, everyone's like all buttoned up, I would imagine, and like telecasters type to where you got Waddell dropping an F bomb or two on the Working Class Bowhunter podcast X <laughs> amount of years later. But, but I yeah. think that's important. Like, I think it's more relatable. I think you can tap into more people when you're that way because that's the reality of how people are. 
you know? Yeah, it, exactly. And then it makes people feel more comfortable. You know, the podcast, sure. and the, the way the, the way the road trip show was started. And then of course our bone collector show and a lot of the television shows and podcasts, people don't like to feel like they're being talked to. They want to feel like they're just dropping in on a conversation, okay. yeah. just like a podcast. They want to feel like you don't know I'm watching, but I'm watching you guys. And they, they don't, they don't want to be talked to. They just want to hear like, I want to hear what, you know, uh, when I was, what T-Bone's talking to the guys at working class, they're listening, but they're not a part of, whereas if you're being talked down to, it's like, man, who's he talking to? You know, if I sit here and talk to the screen, (laughs) you're talking head, nobody likes that. They just want to be, they want to eavesdrop in on the hunting camp. For sure. Quit pointing your finger at me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) For sure. You need to rattle a buck in this way. (laughs) Listen, I'm the all-knowing TV guy type of thing. Yeah, for sure. exactly. But, you know, you can do both. Yeah, you can do both, too, you know. And, I mean, that's what you guys do. I mean, whether that's the mission or not. And the same thing with, like, Mark and the juries and the DeerCast platform. A lot of it is, like, you know, a comfortable watch where you're learning, laughing. But you don't really feel like you're learning, but you are. Yeah. I think that's the the recipe nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The guy that gets on there and says, like, you're going to learn something from me. And this is the only way to set up a bow. and. Nobody yeah. wants that. No, yeah. they, you know, they, they want to. They want it to be a we and a, you know embrace everybody. If you are talking to someone or sharing something, you want them to feel like this guy's not going to browbeat me. This guy's going to give me a hug when we're done with this. You know that's that's the way you want it to feel. <laughs> well, that's you do a good job of doing like in the archery dojo there with your archery videos that you've done. I've watched a ton of those, and I actually had an archery um, YouTube playlist with a bunch of your videos. Like it's just huh. like, hey, I've been doing this for a long time. This is how I do it, and you show. You're not being, it's not forced. You're just showing how you do things, which is cool. Yeah. I, w- I want it to come across as, gosh, I mean, I've, I've been to so many shops across the country and, you know, my heart goes out to the independent retailer. I was one for 14 years. That's how I, you know, scratched a living out before was blessed with Realtree and, and, and uh bone collector. But I know I've been to a bunch of shops and I know that archery is something that, we have to support the independent retailer and we have to, you know, the mom and pop shop, there's no mass merchant store. There's no Amazon that is going to replace getting set up with a bow. It's a tailor-made setup. So my heart goes out with that. There is a, I mean, I'm never going to be the guy to say, this is the way you have to do something. I'm always learning because I'm looking at YouTube. I'm looking at people. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that rob information and, you know, regurgitate it, you know, but I'm, I'm not going to name any names, but yeah, but we all know those who, most, yeah. pod, most podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So I would rather someone just say, this is how I do it or give props to somebody that you for sure. That from. So man, I, I, you know, like I've been doing D loops this way, but I've seen the way so-and-so has been doing it. And, and I, and I really like that. Yeah. I want it to be like letting everybody know that there's, there's a b- bunch of different ways to do it. And there's a bunch of successful ways. And I'm a sponge. I mean, like here we are 30 years into this um, for myself over 30 years. And man, I'm learning stuff all the time. You're still all learning. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And yeah, you're, you have such a positive attitude and I love like your outlooks on things. And you know, bone, I know a lot of our followers know some stuff you've been through recently and I don't, I want to get into it, but I don't want to beat you with it because I know you've done a lot of podcasts lately and yeah. a lot of people are like, man, when's Bone coming on? They knew this podcast was coming, but it was yeah. one of those things. It's like that line of like, give you your space and do your thing, but not, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think the timing is right. So 
you've gone through some changes and I don't know, I don't want to go too hard on it if you don't want to. If you feel like you need to elaborate, you can do your thing on that. Um, It's fine. It's fine. Anything you guys want to ask or or whatever. I mean, it's, it's totally open book. I I hope that it helps somebody or inspires somebody. I mean, if my big old redneck butt can make somebody smile and feel good about themselves, (laughs) I mean, well, I, I will say we miss you in Wisconsin. We had dinner at the same restaurant. I sent you uh, a picture, and you're like, "Man, dude, boys, I wish I was there." Yeah, you missed was, it. You, you have no idea that that I told my wife, and I have told my wife that that is definitely the top three steak I've ever had in my life. <clears throat> I don't know if it's because we didn't eat not one thing all day, and we had a couple of alcoholic beverages before. So it might have helped. Steak, yeah, that steak went bam. That was so good. That was so good. It was good. We. we mm-hmm. uh, if you if you come back to that show, we'll have to just make that a tradition. If we're there, we'll we'll try and do. I'm that. there. I, I mean, y'all okay. can join me because I'm going. We had to stop the we had to stop the wait the waitress and be like, "Can you take a picture for us so we can send to our buddy that couldn't make it this year?" Yeah, man, that, that's a good show. Good location too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, that was a good one. So we're I mean we're going to be back there. So we'll have to we'll have to do that. But I think we should do. We you know we talked briefly before the podcast about the most recent update. On, yeah. on what's going on. I think, let's touch on that, and then uh, yeah. we'll just go from there. Okay, yeah. Um, like I was telling you guys, and, and I'll let everybody else in on it, um, if you followed along, I've been uh, got diagnosed with cancer uh, at the end of October, went through chemo all fall long. That's why, um, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, didn't get to hunt and travel that much. I did kill one older mature buck here at my place uh, the end of October, just, just, well, I got diagnosed in September, but we started treatments at the end of October, but got one buck down last year. And, um, anyway, went through chemo, man, it was, that beat me up pretty good. And then, uh, February 7th, I had, it's called, uh, uh, mixofibrosarcoma is the type of cancer I had. And it was in my shin on my right side. Now, a lot of people say when you have a tumor, and, and I've debated whether I should share the photos or not, but it was it was pretty rough and it's pretty gruesome. So this thing went from the size of a grape in July to by the time we I got diagnosed with cancer, it was uh, at the end of October when we started chemo. I had um, three portobello mushroom size, I mean like softball size tumors that were on the outside. They popped out. Of, I mean wow. they made it through the skin because you know you don't have much meat and fatty stuff on the I front understand. of your skin. Mm-hmm popped out i couldn't wear blue jeans anymore i mean i was having to wear sweatpants or you know huge type that kind of stuff and i was having to change the dressing it was weeping and leaking uh, two Mm. times a day and then i started i went to uh, it was gross man it was black and yellow and uh, it was nasty Mm. so uh which we knew it was cancer i just had to deal with it and they you know i'm thinking like let's cut this off let's cut this off that's what i'm thinking yeah we can't do that we got to make sure that your whole body is clear so I started a really aggressive chemotherapy uh, in October, and it went through the first of the year. But the the um, most people, when they get chemo, you get a three or four hour infusion. You you know you go to the the infusion center, you get an infusion, you come home that same day. You're just there for three or four hours. The 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 infusions I was doing was two types of chemo. I had to be admitted to the hospital, and they kept me on chemo for five days straight. Oh, I just wow, oh, man. Bed. Yeah, so they was taking me to the death door. I'd get out of the hospital. I'd come home for three or four days and, you know, the chemo's kicking in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I would get infections. I mean, it would, my immune system would go down. So I'd have to go back to the hospital 
and I was getting antibiotics and getting taken care of for five or six days to recover from the chemo treatment. And we, we went through that three different times and, uh, you know, and the whole time I'm losing my hair and, you know, things like that. So it, it was rough. I mean, it, it was really a blur. I, I, I mentioned it the other day, me and my wife counted up. I was in the hospital 31 days at the end of 2021 and I only had the TV on for two hours. No That's kidding. Never, never watched the TV, looked at my phone occasionally, but mainly was just lethargic sleeping in and out nurses coming in doing stuff. So, um, yeah, I was, I was basically a zombie there for a while. So we quit oh, the man. chemo and then, um, we knew that it showed that I was clear other than one nodule in my lung that, you know, the chemo was working, that, uh, it was, you know, it was killing what was in my leg, but there was no saving my leg. So we knew as of like January 1st that I was going to have to lose my leg, mm-hmm. but we had to wait six weeks for all the chemo to get out of my system. Cause you can't have an operation right after your Jeez. chemo, you gotta let it get out. So we picked February 7th and that was, uh, you know, right on the money about six weeks. So, uh, you know, I kept all this hush just because I didn't know what was going through. If you've ever seen my posts and stuff like that, it's just like, Oh yeah. We've know, seen everything. Uh, yeah. So I, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't let nobody in on it. There was just a, you know, only about 15, 20 people that even knew what was going on all fall long. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't let anybody know just because, you know, we just need some private time family wise to wrap our heads around it. But, you know, when you know you're getting your leg cut off and it looks like everything's going to be clear, I said, people are going to, they're going to notice T-Bone ain't got a right leg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not like they cut your finger off. Yeah. (laughs) So I I better let a few folks in on it. So I got my leg cut off February 7th, Uh, been rehabbing. Still knew that the nodule was in my lung, uh, rehabbed with the leg. I had to go to a rehab center and learn how to do things. And then, you know, naturally I've been learning day to day. I don't have a leg. So I started the, the prosthetic process. I don't know. It's probably been five or six weeks ago. Um, and then in the meantime, just learning how to adapt in the house through electric chair. And then I have a walker as well. <clears throat> so that's been my life, you know, for the past little bit. And then about three weeks ago, I may be wrong on these dates, but approximately three weeks ago, it was time to, the doctor said the nodule in your lung, I mean, when the chemo killed 99.3% of all, when we did the pathology on my leg, mm-hmm. killed all the cancer in the leg, which was great. You know, that let us know that the chemo was working. So hopefully any other cells and stuff and the type of cancer that I had, it likes to go to the lung next. Okay. So with that said, knowing that the nodule was in there, it's like, do we leave that nodule in there because it's just as easy to take it out as it is to biopsy it? We don't know if it's cancer or not. So with that said, my doctor said, odds are it's not cancerous. Let's just keep an eye on it. And then me and my wife was like, man, I don't want to lay my head down at night knowing that that may be or might not be. I'm not doing chemo now. All it's going to take is that thing to jump start up. Right. And if it's as aggressive as it was on my leg, going from a grape to three big portamellas in two months, no, we need to get that out of there. Let's just, while it's easy to get, and they don't have to open me up or right. lose half my lung, let's just be safe and sorry. So what For we sure. did is we went in there, and, and the, the doctor, the thoracic surgeon, explained to me that they're going to cut the nodule out, and then they're going to take a portion of my lung, which was about the size of a credit card or a little bigger, and they did that under my arm. And uh, I, I knew have a new respect for a whitetail that gets punctured one lung. <laughs> you do, you do. I didn't even think all about year, that, all, but 
my whole life I've always tried to hit right in that crease right behind the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm getting I'm getting the I'm getting it felt to me. So uh they went in there orthoscopically, they punched three big holes in there and got the lung out and took it out and the pathology reports come back and I did a CT scan last week. So the official pathology report and CT scan is uh, there is no sign of cancer in me at all right now. now awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so that's, that's really a positive from, uh, from last week. So with Great that news. said, I've got to go to CT scans every three months. Yep. Uh, and that, that doesn't mean that some other type of cancer may pop up because that can happen to any of us at any time, you yeah. know, yep. but, um, as of this chapter of microsarcoma, it looks like, uh, there's no sign of cancer anymore. So we can focus on getting this prosthetic leg in a couple of weeks and of course just learning all summer long to well or, or learning the rest of my life to get used to you know life with just uh, one leg yeah well that's great news for the, the situation it's awesome news and, and bone dude like i don't want i don't know how to word this without i don't want this to sound wrong I'm giving you a compliment i guess because i'm bad with like navigating <laughs> sounding I don't know. You know Especially what I'm in this situation. Yeah. I'm an right. idiot. I'm trying hard. <laughs> what, what I'm getting at is like you have such like the personality and the positive attitude to go through something like this. And I I really think like you need that to get through like tough life situations. And yeah. like because I feel like that's a big portion of your recovery is like how you can be your attitude and outside of that. Yep. You know, your attitude. Huge. It's huge, guys. I mean, I'm not. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying, man, that's just. It's you should pat yourself do. on the back. Dude. You, you should ever right to. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I look at it as, I, and, and first and foremost, don't think I ain't had a few days where my lip was poked out. How I could mean, you not? Been, yeah, I mean, there, there, I mean, there has been. I mean, but you know, uh, it's been pretty. I've been pretty proud of myself and and my family and. Um, and it's real easy, no matter, I mean, no matter what anybody's going through, anybody that's listening, no matter how bad you got it, I don't care. You can't tell me how bad you got it. There's somebody that has it worse or right. is going through more stuff. And like, you know, like I've said on other podcasts, if I don't, you know, I know everything revolves around hunting and stuff. And they're like, ah, you get back out there and don't get me wrong. I want to. But at this point in time, I'm baby stepping it. I'm like. I'm looking forward to be able to walk into the toilet and take a big dump. Walk in, <laughs> yeah. Not hobble in on my walker. I'm right. looking forward to hobbling in there on one leg and a fake leg and taking a dump. Yeah. I'm looking forward to those little things. For sure. Now, now granted, that's going to open the doors up to getting on my lawnmower. I'm looking forward to that. Getting back in my skid steer. I'm looking forward to that. Climbing yeah. on my tractor. Living your I'm life. Looking, I'm looking forward to that. It's the little things. If I don't kill another deer, I have already outlived my dreams and i have man i have punched my ticket i mean honestly if i don't kill a cockroach it's been a wonderful wonderful career a mm-hmm. lot i i mean i see now that i'm going to be able to but yeah. those are the things that i tell myself to help get through it meaning like no matter how bad i've got it somebody's got it worse mm-hmm. but to add to that to add to that i can't thank the hunting community the outdoor community all my friends and family for all the support and outpouring of love from social media posts, from direct messaging, from, uh, you know, just texting me, calling me, you know, a constantly a check-in. There's been so many people, I mean, hundreds of texts every week, every other day, 
that come in and those little things help you as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just knowing like you don't ever want to go through this as a reality check. Me and Waddell talked about this, but like when I did that first post, man, all the, the outpouring and the amount of, you know, the response as far as like comments and likes and th- those kind of things, not that you ever want to let that be a barometer. It's a bad way of a bad way to do it for a reality check, but it's a reality check to let you know that you've been doing things right, you know, throughout your career mm-hmm. and or that you're loved by so many people and that the the hunting community and just hunting folks in general are, are just so awesome. I mean, right. it's just so blessed. So, yeah. you know, I tell everybody I'm, I'm super duper blessed, but all of that said does give you the inspiration to keep going. And, and, uh, you know, we've been given the platform no different than Waddell feeling like he's a philanthropist. It's like, Hey, I've got the platform. Maybe I can help somebody shoot a bow a little better. Now with this, I'm having to do this. I'm maybe I can entertain somebody hunting now with what I got going on. Maybe I can inspire somebody that's having a, a poopy face day. We can turn that around and yeah. And you know they're like, you know what, man, bones, bones, a big old dude, three hundred plus pounds, and he's got one leg. And my by gosh, he's smiling doing stuff. Maybe I can too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think of all of our veterans. I think of all of the, you know, uh, wounded wounded uh, veterans and and our uh, heroes that have come back from war and stuff like that. I'm like, man, this ain't nothing. I mean, I've got some heroes to look up to that are that are you know living life and doing good. Like, I ain't got nothing to complain with. Yeah, I still shoot a bow, I can still go hunt, and I'm gonna I'm gonna learn to do more things. So I'm down here in the. I mean, I've got a new passion for archery and stuff. We've been working on bows a little bit more. I just got a new bow in. We're setting up. So, man, I'm 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 good. I mean, yeah, we all have, we all have poopy days with two legs. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely, for yeah. sure. It makes so, you think so, about uh, things and what to be thankful for and yeah. stuff like that. You know, it's like yeah. you always get those reality checks a little it makes bit. You take but... a step back and actually look at stuff. And enjoy the little things. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then so many people get sucked into those rabbit holes on the internet of negativity and, and don't get me wrong there, you know, the, you know, gas prices, I mean, you know, fertilizer prices, fuel prices, there's a lot of things to get rattled about, but in the scheme of things within the four walls of your house and your community and your friends, you know, we need to be thankful. You know, there's a lot of countries that over there that would just like absolutely cut their arm off for a glass of clean water. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We got it pretty good, guys. We got yep. it real good. Real yeah. good. Man, Bone, that's, I'm glad everything's on the up and up, man, and everything's yeah. going good and it went smooth. And um, as far as, you know, your, your, some of your surgeries and what you've gone through up to this point. But, you know, I think. I'm looking forward to like seeing your journey and like what you're going to put out. Like, I just, I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I see you diving in deep, deep, deep into like archery content and some of that stuff. And yep. I find that interesting. There's, I always, I feel like that's a topic that no matter how many videos I watch, kind of like I always compare food plots to this. I feel like I never feel like I know it. So yeah. I'm, I'm constantly trying to consume more with it. It's almost yep. like when you read a paragraph. And you know it's simple to understand, but you have to keep rereading yeah. it. Like 87 yeah. times? Yeah, that's how <laughs> I feel yeah. when it comes to, like, technical archery stuff and, like, food plot type stuff. Um, so maybe you're going to help me with that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no, absolutely. I, I mean, we, we've uh, we've been thinking about that, and we're definitely going to ramp up some some uh, stuff. Actually, I'm going to post something here in a couple of days about FOC. It's something that we kind of stumbled upon, and that's always, that was a hot topic last year. And we're right here on the cusp of everybody getting ready to, you know, 
turkey season's over, mm-hmm. you know, it's first of June, everybody starts yanking the bows out, start practicing all summer long. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to start hitting some, hitting some high points on some good, good topics. That's exciting. Some, yeah. yeah I, I definitely got to freshen up because I built a bow press a couple of years ago and I still haven't even put a bow in it yet. I just need to dive into it and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Once you start that, it's like, uh, archery is always like a, a, a good mix of golf and, uh, NASCAR racing. Cause you can always tinker with your bow and make it a little different or try this, you know, put a, put a little extra weight here, change yeah. the vein in the back, you know, yeah. move my wrist, tune this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, if people would spend that much time and effort in their self into executing a good shot, you wouldn't need all the, you know, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta work on yourself, suppress your nervous energy. And then you gotta also, uh, you know, work on your stuff too. So that, too bad that's we're bad at golf. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I, I got a question bone. Yeah. So I know, like you said, there's things you got to look forward to first, you know, it's like just living your life, how you live your life comfortably as you can. And that's ahead of you first and all that before thinking about hunting and all that stuff. Like that makes perfect sense. And I'm glad you said that. Yeah. But I want to ask you, cause there's always I, a, but I kind of see this <laughs> leaning. Yeah, there always is. I kind of see this leaning somewhere and it gets me excited to think about it. And you're either going to, like feed this thought of mine or you're going to just crush it right now or you're just going to play neutral. I don't know where you're going to go. <laughs> I wondered when I seen all this and talked to the intention with you, I wondered if T-Bone could get back into competitive archery. The uh, I'm really, I'm really good friends with um, one of the para Olympic coaches and he's been texting me, George Riles, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been texting me. Great guy. I mean, we've been friends long. I mean, for thirty something years, shot competitively together. Um, and he he's been bugging me. He goes, dude. He goes, you got to get back in. He goes, you're you're a you're a shoe into. And I'm like, well, I mean, let's let's worry about these other things first. But man, I, it's my eyes are not as good. You know, fifty yeah. year old eyes. I'm not saying that I won't, but you know, that's a big commitment to start doing some you know, uh, uh, disabled tournaments and stuff like that, but it, it could happen. You know, uh, okay. if I did it, I'd probably would do it from a sitting down position. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like but you could rather, do right. Like that would be, is yeah. that, yeah, no, you can, there's a lot of w- wheelchair archers and, 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 you know, I would probably do it that way rather than, you know, I was amazed that when I've been standing on this prototype legs for two different versions, I was amazed how, easy my equilibrium came back you know you, really? you think that you put a fake leg on and you're instantly like whoa i'm about to fall over but i mean instantly i went i, I could stood there for 30 minutes easy. Really? no kidding not, wow. yeah not fall over at all i mean it's just like you know all your weight especially with me being heavy is transferred over to one leg so i've been sloughing off on my right side for the last you know whenever i stand up to get dressed and you know, hop around and stuff. My leg is taking my one good leg is taking the brunt of everything. So, it, you know, it's wanting to go down because my leg is not centered up in my body. My, my middle leg's only about that tall. I love that. So, uh, my leg needs my to middle be centered. <laughs> my legs to the left. And if I could switch, I'd put my little leg, my little leg mm-hmm. over on the left side mm-hmm. yeah. and my main leg down the center. Yeah. So that it, would be centered, it would be easier to tote. But when yeah. you're doing it on your left leg, you got a favor to the one side and then your whole body 
wants to slough off where your your right leg used to be. So, mm-hmm. man, it, it's really heavy. You know, it's just like dragging you down. So when you get something to hold that up, it's like instantly like whoop. relief I mean, a little bit. Oh gosh, it's relief. It's like, you, you know, you just feel good about standing. Now walking, yeah. I'm having to learn to, you got to kick your leg out and keep going. But yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure I will be able to shoot my bow standing up for sure. But competitive wise, to answer your question, I would probably just thinking about it right now, I'd probably go the wheelchair route. Yeah. That's probably the way I would do it. But, but I, I've thought about it. It just depends on the, you know, how much time of course. You know, involved, but I could, yeah, al- would- I could also see you like going into that, you know, the, into that same thing, but coaching, helping them people yeah. out, trying to shoot and learn the, you know, without yeah. a leg or without arm and everything. Absolutely. As, you know, as, as time permits and, you know, careers changing, I'm, I, I know that, at this point in my life, at some form or fashion, I'm going to be doing something in the outdoor industry, whether it's, you know, still doing bone collector, which it's your life. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be doing something. I'm going to scratch out a living doing something, even if it's fletching arrows at a, at a local archery shop, man, y'all drop by and see me or something like that. Oh, I yeah. mean, Hey, I'll yeah, send you some arrows to fletch up. There you go. <laughs> he, said, he said, come by and see him, Eric. No, oh, no okay. arrows, hey, man. I'll drive down there. Yeah, we'll, we'll come down. Well, and it, and it may be a come by and see, but some way I will be scratching. I've been working real closely with a company that's based here in Georgia. It's called Last Chance Archery. And I've yeah. got all these inventions and ideas that I've had over the last 20, 25 years. But, you know, life's been moving in the last 15, 20 years at light speed. There's no time to settle down and work on these inventions and, you know, I'm not a manufacturer. That's not what I'm good at. So but it's got been the ideas. real great. I, yeah, I've been, yeah, but I got the ideas. So I've, I've partnered with these guys, which they're all about manufacturing and yep. shipping and everything like that. It has been a wonderful marriage. I've been working with them uh, for at least a year now, and I've known the family for 20, 30 years as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who started it, um, he and I used to shoot tournaments and stuff together, and that's why they called it Last Chance Archery because he came up with that press. And and it was like this is it. If this thing don't take off, this is the last chance. I'm done. I'm getting old. I'm retiring. If this thing don't take off, we're done. So they they no named kidding. the company Last Chance Archery, and it took off like gangbusters. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Got, you have that many resources like close by that you. Yeah, can... oh, yeah. Like uh, working with the company Ultraview. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but they make releases as well as um scopes and stuff and i'm working with them on the uh the grip end of things so uh working with them they're based right here out of atlanta actually they were all students of my buddy george riles who i was talking about is Mm -hmm. the paralympic so uh, they're based right here in atlanta and then with last chance archery i've got like six or seven ideas i took to them last year and they're they're already out they introduced them at ata the the new broadhead tuner the the revolution arrow tuner which i'm You, you may have seen some of my posts. I'm super proud of it. This thing does everything. Nobody has ever brought something to market that actually tunes a broadhead. Everybody goes out and shoots their arrows, their their field points arrows all summer long. They're yeah. grouping like madman. And then they throw broadheads on their fixed blades or mechanicals. And they're like, oh, my gosh, man, I can't Way shoot up. anymore. It's yeah. not, it, it, and, you know, my groups went from this to this. Well, with this with this tool here. Uh, you know, and it may not be for everybody to buy, but every shop should have one for sure because you could drop by your shop and say, "Hey, man, how about spinning, you know, spinning these and tuning my broadheads?" And I'll, they put them on there, and you can actually tune the broadhead to be perfectly aligned with the shaft. Oh, that's awesome! Oh yeah, so I'm, I'm really, really excited about that that one particular thing because I've been doing that for 
25 years, but I've, I've taken it to a couple of broadhead manufacturers over the years and showed them my idea, but no broadhead company wants to come out with it because it would show that you need to tune their broadheads, you know? Right. So yeah, it, oh, yeah. it, it takes a company like last chance archery that just builds equipment to come out with that. That way, you know, no broadhead company has to say, you know, and it's all broadheads. It ain't just yeah. one broadhead. Yeah, they're neutral right. into the archery game, really. They're just trying to help archery. They're kind of the middleman. Exactly. You buy an arrow, you buy a broadhead, you yeah. need someone in between. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the point, you know, you have a broadhead, you have an insert, you have a glue tolerance, and then you have the shaft. Somewhere in gluing all that together, things get off. They're right? the, the middle leg between the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to the middle leg. It always does. <laughs> Man, that's awesome, man. That's exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm working with them. So that that's been real good. Um, I bought a company, um, and I've got you know I, I just haven't been able to do it. But I bought a company. The old company was called Stay Tight Sling. A guy invented this in Southern Mississippi. He's an older gentleman, <clears throat> and uh, the uh, it, it's a uh, you know how th- th- this is point. If you watch any hunting video or you put a shotgun or a gun on your shoulder what does everybody do they take that thumb and they hook it under there so that it don't fall off their shoulder yeah mm-hmm. i don't care what type of sling it is whether it's rubber coated or whatever and that's that gun is always wanting to fall off your shoulder well this thing hooks to virtually every sling out there you hook it to it and one will fit any gun so that you can take, you buy this thing and this, we, we renamed the company. I bought the company, loved it so much. The guy told me, he said, T-Bone, he goes, you can take this to the next level. Man, I, I appreciate you. You know, I, I fell in love with it and I, I gave him accolades for two or three years. Mm-hmm. And he said, look, I'm, I'm getting too old. I don't want to fool with it, but I would love for this thing to go somewhere. I said, well, let's just sell it to me. How much would you sell it to me? So I bought the company from him. I bought the patent. I bought everything, uh, brought it back here. Again, I don't have the distribution. And I don't have the way, you know, I'm not into that. Yeah. So again, with my partnership with last chance archery, we have it available. We've redesigned the packet. We've actually added to it, redesigned it and made it even better. And the company's called Slingmate now. Okay. So Slingmate. Slingmate. Yep. So you hook it and you wrap it around and your hands free. So you can climb fences. You can climb your deer stand. Remember, with people going up in a deer stand, you're always jacking your shoulder oh, yeah. and climbing and yep, yep. worried about your gun. You got two thousand dollars in this rifle, but yet you're gonna you're gonna chance crawling up, you know, over a fence or jumping on a four wheeler and you're riding down the road with a four wheeler and you're Yeah. You know, and another thing, like I see turkey hunters, they got all these decoys on their back and then they're trying to you won't have to jockey with it no more. And everybody says, Well, I don't want to be locked in, or they take the sling, a regular sling, and they go over their neck. Yeah, so you can't get out of that quick at all. No, no, no. You, you touch one button, you touch one little clasp down there, and I can get out of that. That I can use that gun. Let's just say I jumped a coyote walking into my stand. I can get out of that thing as quick as you can get it off your shoulder and and load it up. I can get out of it and load it just as quick. No kidding. And we're going to do some videos to show that. Okay, awesome. to show how quick that you can get that out of there. But this thing is a must. You know, because if you want to protect your shotgun from when you're going into the swamps, you're toting in decoys, you're toting out a bird, you know, like the gun is done. We're done with it, but we got to get it out of the woods. And then it's the most important part of the hunt, but yet you're just going to chance it to the sling and hope it don't fall off. And yeah, how many times you watch TV real close now, because I've watched this. People go to get down and take the hero shot on the on the on the 
their buck or whatever, and they do this, and the gun's falling off, yep. and they don't know what to do with the gun. Yeah. You can put this thing on, and yet it's usable, too. So I'm super-duper excited about this, you know, just bringing it to the masses. It's it's doing well as it is now, but we I can't wait to get behind some more promotions on it and, and show you guys. But That's awesome. It, yeah, it's really a no-brainer. You know it's what's really funny, cool. too, that you mentioned all this, Bone, because – I you know I've killed deer with guns, but I got a I was inspired this spring to get a turkey gun, like yeah. just for turkeys. So um, I killed a couple birds this spring, and I got a sling just from Bass Pro or whatever. And I was doing that. Me and my buddy Joe Humphreys were going in with decoys and all the stuff, and I'm like doing the high shoulder, yep. and then trying to keep it there. And, and then we killed else. a bird, and then on the way out, I did the Rambo with my sling. And I'm like trying to, then I'm trying to throw the bird over my back with my gun and it just wasn't working. So I'm in the market. Send, I, I tell you what, I'll send you guys some. We'll, we'll yeah, buy some. How's that? We'll no, buy no, no, some. no, no, I'll no. I'll send them to you. We're going to buy them from you. No, no, I, I promise. I want to send them to you. Let me send them to you. I, I want you to, I want you to try them. Cause you, you, I mean, honestly, you watch anybody on any show. The first thing they do is they take that thumb and secure it. So you're handicapped. You can't look through your binos. If you got this on, you got two hands to climb ride a full wither to jump a fence to yeah. use your binos i mean because you only need the you, you you're getting from truck to the stand or you're getting from truck to where you're going to set up on the decoys you want that gun secure so it's not coming off of you mm, for sure you yeah. don't really have to worry about it you don't want, go, this thing will go over a backpack and say well i can't use it with a backpack it goes i mean it's the best thing since sliced bread seriously guys you don't cool, want, man you don't want a barrel full of dirt you know I know. I don't care. <laughs> look at look at my gun. I got I got thirteen hundred dollars in the scope. I bought the gun. I got a thousand dollars in it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hope I get up this twenty foot tree stand. That's so true. Don't fall. Yeah. You know, and then and then the other solution is is you pull it up with a rope. How many people like pulling up a gun with a rope? Looking at the barrel, I, yeah. dude. I've done that with muzzle loaders, yeah, and I'm like, like I, this, this yeah. feels wrong. It's not loaded, but it's still facing yeah. you in the face, and you're like, this doesn't seem right. Yeah, yeah. So, so this solves all that. So it's not it's not a sling. It just goes with any sling that you got. You know, it. And it That's awesome. I'm not man. Gonna, it fits 95 percent of all guns out there. So I'm, uh, I, you know, I'm real excited about that. And well, I'll, I'll put a link that. in the episode description if if people can get on there and buy them right now. Yeah. You know, I'll you put it in there. Absolutely, you can go to Last Chance Archery and look up Slingmate, and you can you can buy all you want. Great Christmas gift, under twenty bucks. See, that's awesome, awesome man. Awesome. Yeah, dude, that's exciting. You think for a guy going through so much and so many changes, you'd relax a little, but you're just busier than ever, man. That's good. Well, you need it. Well, it's, proof, it's proof positive. It's um, you know, we, you're doing something that you're passionate about. You don't feel like you work a day in your life. True. That's right. Yeah. True. So I mean. No, I'm I'm super blessed, guys. We're all, we're all super blessed. But I, 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 you know, I I don't want to speak for you guys, but I I'm super blessed. Well, we're blessed, man. We are. Yeah. Sometimes we're, we don't realize that you know we fall into those traps in life, just like yeah. everybody else, yeah. you know. But it's uh, I mean, we're just blessed. I mean, seven years ago, we didn't think we'd be sitting here being friends with T Bone, you know. That's true. <laughs> sitting down yeah, with dinner I, with him and stuff. Yeah, no kidding, right? I know it, man. Eating a delicious steak. It. Yeah, we we uh, like I said, this is home with working class bow hunter. Absolutely, love you guys. It's crazy. We talked about uh, we did a podcast for Deercast. It's uh, by the time this episode launches, it had already launched. But someone asked uh, Doug. I think you mentioned it. You brought it up. But the question we did a Patreon questions, and someone asked, "What's your 
favorite one of your favorite moments while knowing each other like during the podcast and doug brought up a good point the first time that we had a podcast scheduled with all three of the bone collector guys is like waiting when we finished the previous podcast we were waiting for you guys to show up like oh they're coming to like record with us like this is crazy we're all nervous and stuff yeah it was the first time we actually did and we had done other podcasts before you know, yeah. separate, net, not all of you guys just at the same time. Met, yeah, and met and in person, the, too. Yeah, all before is over the phone and yeah. everything. Yeah, but it was all three of you guys in person at the same time on the podcast, like, there together, like, around the table. And yeah. it was just well, kind of one ask, of those cool moments for us. Well, let me ask you this, like, uh, I mean, and shoot me straight. I mean, you know, because we're, we're, we're all good, close friends, but, like... Yeah. When the first time we came in, like, what did, what did you guys think? I, I'd like to hear eat from each one of you, like... Like, what was your impression? And you can say, like, man, you know, Nick's a jerk or T-Bone's a jerk or whatever <laughs> like that. I mean, honest, like, honest opinion, it's like, because you, you, you hear so many people, it's like, you know, they they meet you in line. But we really got to share some time that day with you For guys sure, where right. people come by in line and they say, like, man, you're like, you're just like us. You're real people. And I'm yeah. like, dude, I don't feel any different. I mean, I, there's a camera shoved in our face a lot. And, you know, but honestly, I, I I'm still the guy that. The, the the fat guy that uh you know didn't have two nickels to rub together when he was a <laughs> I love that. you know what i mean so bone honestly man and i'm i can't speak for you guys but i think yeah, we're probably ahead, in the same parallel yeah, here probably, yeah. we can all say what we need to say but um i feel like it it's you know people would say never meet your heroes i was gonna bring up that same subject and yeah. in this case i disagree with that because you guys are exactly and we we've, we've done podcasts over the phone and talked on the phone and stuff so yep. i I felt like I kind of knew you already more than I knew Waddell and Nick, um, but it's exactly how I thought it would be. But then, too, is like you and I are both into the UFC, so while everybody yeah. else is off talking about something else, you and I are talking about fighting. You know yeah. what I mean? So for me, like I feel like that's like that different. Can like we're, we? I feel like we really know you guys, right? Yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, I know so now, but I'm. I guess I'm saying, what was your reaction that day? You know, like as oh. soon as you got, I mean, like, like now I'm sure there's a, a longer relationship, but I'm just like, you know, you guys was talking about the anticipation of us coming by or yeah. whatever. And, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not trying to blow us out of the water. I'm just like, it surprises me to hear someone saying all these things. And I'm just like, I hear what you're saying. I, I think, I think for me, I, it I don't was know like... where, I don't know where it gets to that point. Meaning like, I'm like, dude, man, y'all, yeah. I mean, you like y- y'all are acting like Brad Pitt or Justin Timberlake or somebody coming by there, you know. Right. Well, it's our, our that, perspective. That, that's how is, we kind of felt. It kind of was like that. Yeah, we, I mean, like we were all nervous, and then once we sat down and got ten minutes in or so, we're like, we're just hanging out with the boys. It's what we thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what we thought, but we didn't know what to expect. So it's kind of like, yeah. we're nervous as hell. But then yeah. ten minutes in, we're like, yep, this these are our people. Yeah. And, and I guess early on in my career, I was that way too. I mean, in like. Uh, like I, I was real fortunate enough to 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 get to work with, you know, David and and uh, Michael and you know Realtree and a lot of the 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 celebrities that they, I, I worked with them when I had the shop. So, you know, a, a lot of them I'd, I'd build it up in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gonna come up in a limo. They're gonna be getting out of a limo, and I'm gonna be have to set up their bow. I mean, got to make sure the store's closed. Park your limo around back. You know, I, I, I'm thinking, like, where, where are they going to land their helicopter? <laughs> right, right. You're out there painting a helicopter. Spray paint, yeah, exactly. Spray paint somewhere. <laughs> and then, like, you know, they show up. I mean, it made me realize that, like, Foxworthy was prime example. Just as cool as a cucumber. Just yeah, like us. You know, he, he was proud to show me he had a 10-ounce Sprite bottle that he takes and he duct tapes it in camouflage duct tape. 
and he uses it. You know, he chews. He shoot, he was proud to show me his spit bottle. Look how compact that is, T Bone. Well, this was before I was even called T Bone. Look, you could put that in your pocket. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, this is Jeff Foxworthy, man. I mean, this is this yeah. is the epitome of comedy, and he's, you know, he's to, right here in my store. He's trying to sell you a product. <laughs> yeah, look at this. Thing. See, yeah. Jeff Foxworthy, man. Like, I don't know. It's different for me growing up because you guys, Mark, Terry, the you know what I mean. Those oh, are yeah. my because I didn't really watch a ton of movies. Like you guys were my celebrities, right? You know what I mean. But like you know Jeff yeah. Fo- Blue Collar Comedy Tour, like that yep. is blew up. Everybody knows Jeff Foxworthy. Everybody that hunts knows you guys and the juries yeah. and that and that stuff. But you guys were my celebrities. Like if you seen my DVD video VHS collection. It's true, man. Like it's anybody that comes to the studio, they're like, Jesus, man, you got, you aren't kidding. You got every one of them, you know? So yeah. I, I'm a, I grew up as a fanboy. So I, that, oh, well, I was too. I honestly like, um, Jeff like Foxworthy in your bow shop, man, has to be crazy though. Oh man. And, and then this is another thing, another, you know, wow moment for me is like monster bucks. Uh, this, this was before Realtree used the name monster bucks. The Drury's had the monster bucks. Yeah. Don and Candy Kiske, I mean, Don Kiske and Jay Gregory were on there. And uh, Herb, was it Schultz? Herb? Hmm. I think it was Herb Schultz. But anyway, they were on the they were on the, the DVDs. That's one like, DVD I don't have. Oh, my gosh, man. I was like, well, it wasn't even a DVD. VHS. A DVD. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, God, man, what it would be like to meet one of those guys. Or just, and now I'm like great friends with Don and Candy Kiske. I talk to I talk to them at least once a week. At least once a week. Yeah. Mark and Terry 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 just we texted for thirty minutes yesterday. Uh-huh. Me and Terry. I mean, like I'm still pinching myself. I don't. I'm, we I think we talked about this before, but I won before we even started Bone Collector. I was a shop owner. I won a free hunt to come hunt with the Drury Brothers and a whole outfit of scent blocker suit and a whole thing of biologic uh, food plot supplies for a whole year. And, uh, no kidding. In 2005 at the ATA show I, because I was a shop. I was going as an owner, as know, a dealer. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going up there as a dealer, and I win this thing. So I've still got the ticket. I keep it in my office, and every year I show That's up awesome. Mark and Terry. I'm like, hey, I still got to cash this. <laughs> you know, so you, ne- you never I- went, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. But that's what Terry was talking about. He says, "Man, I'm glad to hear you're doing good. You got to come hunt. You got to come hunt." I'm yeah. like, well. I said, we'll take baby steps. You know, a lot of people think like, well, you can't go hunt there. They're, they're, uh, you know, they're mossy oak and you're real true. I'm like, that has never been a issue at all with, yeah. with us and the jury. We're, we're tied as a tick. We I just mean, talked right. about that too. On that other podcast, the same one where Doug brought that up. Like there was a cut. I can't remember which video it was, but you guys were together with the juries. I can't remember which one, but yeah. I remember being a fanboy of both you know, separated platforms, yeah. even though it's not. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing that being like, Oh wow. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. Yeah. And Mark and, and Taylor and, uh, you know, Matt, all of them, they check in. I mean, as much as anybody, I mean, on a weekly basis, they're so, they're such good people, you know what yeah. I mean? And they got it, they got it, they got it figured out. You know what I mean? We're, yeah, we're, we're making a living in the industry. Absolutely. We're, we're providing for our family. But they're doing it the right way. They're yeah. staying loyal. They're staying. They're they're absolutely doing it the right way. So uh, for sure, you know, yeah. And 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 I think that they would have. I would hope that they would have positive things to say about us as well. So 
you know, they're they're on that philanthropy uh, um, bandwagon as well, meaning yeah. it's time to, you know, speak up about things. And, and they've, they've done such a great job and they've been such great friends. It's like, yeah, it just sucks that we can't spend more time together, man. I we wish we could, you know, just like two or three times a year, have two or three days together in some type of camp. You ain't got to yeah, kill nothing, but just like being camp. Yeah. Camaraderie camp. Just doing exactly, whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And I, yeah. and I told, that's what I told Terry. I said, I said, well, I can't commit to it right now. And, and I felt bad about this because David Blanton asked me to go to 7J Outfitters. And it's been years since I've been there. But he wanted me to go the first week of September. And I'm like, I, I, I you know, because he had to put in for the license at the first of May. And I was like, I, I, it killed me to tell David that, like, man, I, I, I do want to go so bad. But I hate to commit and take up a spot. And or you guys put in for, you know, four, five, six hundred dollar license and then me not being able to go. It's it's yeah. more than just the, everybody thinks about, well, man, we can get you out of the side by side and get you down the hill 100 yards or so, you know, and you can walk that far. It's more than that. You got to think about airlines. You got to think about, you know, I mean, there's there's so many things that I'm not familiar with with one leg and I got to build up. confidence. Yeah, in I get that. Sure. I told him, I said, you know, I would like to think I'd be ready by then, but let's just wait and see. You just don't you know. know. Like, yeah. And then I told him, I said, I said, you don't have to put in for a license. If I feel like I'm up to it to go in August, I'll just come hunt. I won't have a license. I mean, they're not going to write me a ticket, right? I mean, <laughs> are they going to write a guy with one leg? I got one leg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I'll just, what I'll do, what we always usually do in the industry or some folks do is I'll just hand the bow to the cameraman. It's his fault. He, the cameraman did it. Right. Like, I'll right. never do nothing wrong. It's always the camera guy. Right. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that's the way it goes nowadays. <laughs> yeah. And, we, and for anybody listening, I'm totally being sarcastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> Leaked footage comes up of T-Bone screaming yeah, at his exactly. camera guy. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, man, he was he was getting, he was serious. Yeah, exactly. But, so, uh, but I like that you brought up a lot of that. You know, like, what? how did we feel when you guys came in, going back to that a little bit? We all of us as a group, like, like I ate dinner with Mark the other day and mm-hmm. his and his wife, and he like held my kids and like one of the, just one of those like pinch me type moments. And someone like posted a picture of me and Mark and hold my kids, and they're like, "Man, is that ever like like how, how does it feel that you get to casually eat dinner with Mark?" And literally every time we do a podcast with like Bone or anybody that we've looked up to in the game, we all have the conversation of like, "Dude, can you believe it?" You every, know, every time yeah, we get sit back and I don't know, like it's crazy. Yep. Oh, I, I, I hey, I, I still do the same thing, guys. I mean, I know I'm a generation ahead, but uh, uh, proof positive is the day before my surgery, the day before my surgery on a Sunday, Tyler Jordan and Bill Jordan drove up here and spent three hours with me. Like, I, I'm fine. I mean, I'm just I was cutting grass or something like that. I mean, this is before I lost my leg, even though I had a tumor. It wasn't hurting or nothing, mm-hmm. but they come up and spent three hours with me. We just sat in the man cave and chatted and, you know, reminisced about old things. I mean, like, and I'm pinching myself. I'm like, yeah. and I've known Bill for 25, 30 years. I mean, I've, I mean, I know him real well, but nonetheless, even though I've worked for him and with him and we still have a partnership, it's still, it's, it's like, dude, that guy took the time to come up here and spend time with me, him and Tyler both. Yeah. And it was it was so sincere, and he's checked in so much. I mean, just absolutely everybody in the industry. Cuz Strickland, I mean. Awesome guy, yeah. Yes, absolutely awesome guy. So, um, you know, it's there There may be different colors of camouflage, but, you know, the hunting industry or community We're all is the not same. divided. 
man, we're under the umbrella, dude. Yeah, right. there's enough for everybody to make a living, you know. Yeah. Now, people who shoot a PSE bow, nah, I don't know about that. No, them. no, no. We're not talking about them. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking camel. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking about camel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love it. Well, man, it's always good to talk to you, man. We always have, it's just easy. You yeah, know what I mean? It's, it's fun. Yeah. That's my favorite thing about getting with you guys and really anybody. We just have a good time, but it's always good to catch up with you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I mean, I, I don't know if y'all, y'all are needing to go. No, we're not. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, it, don't worry about me, man. I, I got all evening, so don't worry about me. Same here, brother. How long you want to go? Want to try and set a record or what? <laughs> no, it, it don't matter. Hey, we'll, we'll just go till it feels uncomfortable, I guess. So it doesn't bother me. But um, I was going to mention, uh, I was wanting to know, like, Explain to me, just because I since it's since you guys are doing stuff, you know, formally with Drury's and the the podcast and stuff. Yeah, I've been kind of out of the loop. Just ex- explain to me or let me know, and I'm sure the listeners wouldn't mind hearing again mm-hmm. how that works or what how that's broke down. Yeah, because I've been doing I've been doing some podcasts as well with uh with Matt, Matt and Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, man. Basically, like the easy way to break it down is we do a series. That's basically directly correlated to DeerCast called Working Class on DeerCast. Um, okay. And what was cool about it, like when we we first had we had the conversation like several years ago with with Mark and Matt and Terry and Tim trying to get something set up, trying to get something set up, and it didn't work out at the time. And um, since then, we just got to be good friends with the guys at Drury and and Taylor and you know everybody else involved. And a couple of years went by, and me and Mark were talking on the phone one day, just kind of like BSing. And both of us were just kind of like, why are we not doing something? Like, let's yeah. talk, you know, because we at the time that was when I was doing the podcast out of my house and I had a full time job and it just there was it didn't the stars didn't align. Well, we got the studio and built this place and we kind of talked. It's like, man, we have the place and I can have the time if we if we think we can make something work. And, um, and that's about right when you're going full time, too. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was just kind of. It, yeah, all the stars aligned, like you said. Yeah, I was like, well, what do we, what do we need to do? And I'm like, man, well, we could do a weekly series, and let's do it exclusive on DeerCast, and which DeerCast, a huge fan of DeerCast, of yeah. course. So I'm like oh, flattered yeah, to even be on DeerCast. But yeah, um, and I thought it was going to be like, hey, it is, it is ma- the main home for the series is DeerCast. But Mark's like, well, let's, we might as well put it up and put the audio on your platform too. Like more places, the better, right? And I'm like, well, hell yeah, you know. So um, it's just another series we, oh, another weekly series we do. They go up every Monday. Um, audio on every podcast platform on our network, and then so it's, uh, so you got working class bow hunter, and then they have Matt and they have their their Drury Deercast uh, podcast, and then yep. this one is a a a, a conglomerate or, or yep. a, a partnership. It's yes. separate. Yep. It's a working class bow hunter deer cast blend called working class on deer cast. So, and that goes up okay. every Monday and then it goes up video, a video version of that goes up on deer cast every week. Perfect. So, Perfect. That's so great. When you yeah. Get, when you get T-bone on a, on a deer cast episode. Yeah. I, I'll do it, man. You know me. <laughs> I, I talk bad about Waddell, but I'm just as guilty of talking the horns off a of billy goat. <laughs> I love it. Dude, when, I, I just love talking to you guys and just anybody, you know, like it's all good people. We're all in the same yeah. family. Like, it's just easy, yeah. you know. But, it is real easy. But we, we we are we're very blessed to yes. have that that connection. And I honestly, you know, I told Mark this, uh, and we actually were on a podcast with Cuz Strickland, me, Mark, and Cuz Strickland for a Turkey OG series we did for that Deercast. Yeah. So we I interviewed, uh, 
Yeah, so we, we had one with Cuz, and we are talking about, like, in the connection from turkeys, how a lot of these guys got their big breaks in the industry because of the wild turkey. And, you know, Waddell being one of them, you know. And uh, on that podcast, I'm like, well, Mark, like, you are my big break, really. And uh, it was kind of cool the way it came in because it just allowed us to do more with working class and kind of um, get the umbrella a little bigger for working class. And we were able to do things we want to do and open more doors and stuff. Open more doors, make new connections, make new just relationships and friendships. And uh, yeah, man, full speed ahead. So it's a it's a it's a slow and steady process, meaning like a lot of people that listen and everything, they may think that like for me, Waddell and Nick, everything started with bone collector in 2008. But I mean, just like you said, like, uh, you know, Mark being, you know, possibly your big break or whatever, or, or a huge stepping stone. Let's put it this way. For sure. You know, I want, I want everybody that, you know, so many kids out there, young guys, you know, in their early twenties, they think like, man, we're going to, we're going to start doing this on YouTube and they expect it to take off, you know, and be, you know, be superstars within a year. I'm not trying to discourage anybody. I'm just trying to give them hope or let them know that that whatever you see or know of, you know, me and Michael and Nick back to 2008, they're still 20 years behind that where we were doing things in the outdoor industry. Yeah. But the big thing is, is if you follow your passion, you'll never feel like you worked a day in your life and look at it as a journey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it is a journey. It's not a destination. It is a journey. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. Ch- cherish these times, guys, because there's going to be, you know, I'll probably be dead and gone, but you guys will be deep into your career 10, 15, 20 years from now. And, you know, you're going to be like, golly, remember when we had Bone on there? Man, he's it, a pretty good old dude, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's going to be moments like this, and you're going to think that right now you're like, these are, you know, some things are not that big a deal, but but man, it, it's memories that you're making. And just if, if young folks, instead of getting so used to the, the instant the gratification, instant gratification yep. that you get from social media, just enjoy the moment, you know, and take it for a, just a small little step. And then eventually you get down the road, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's funny, so, yeah. you know, like when you say 20, like we've been doing this podcast just over seven years, Yep, seven and a half uh, going on seven and a half years. Not a long time, really, when you break it down. As far as podcasting is concerned, we're one of the oldest, which is weird. Yep. Uh, so we're weird. like old and that young is, at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, we're old and young. We're middle-aged, I guess. But it's funny because there are some people that are like, you know, it, it's weird. It's a weird thing because there's people locally that kind of like, oh, yeah, you do that podcast thing. And then I'm like, well, I do it for a job. And then people don't take it seriously. They think it's kind of silly. Like, uh, just probably it's like, oh, hey, Bone, you still doing those videos? Like, guy, I'm sure yeah. people locally probably think it's big, but yeah, anyway, I don't know how how I'm trying to word this, but um, but then there's people think that it happened in 50 episodes when in reality it's like, man, we day jobs to come do this and every week and then doing the shows and the commitments. Like, we don't have the 20 years, 30 years of experience yet, but we understand the grind it takes to grow. Mm-hmm. What little we have. And close to pushing. I mean, we've 10 been years. doing it for seven years, but we've been busting ass for seven years too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, we within that seven years, you know, that's a commitment, and a lot of yeah. people ain't ready for that. Mm-hmm. Well, and if they're not ready for that, that tells me that they're not passionate about it. Right. Yeah. You no, know, I mean, like when I when I started doing something in the outdoor industry, I quit working for Mercedes Benz, um, and I, I didn't know if I was going to fall flat on my face. I took a huge pay cut, but. I knew that I was doing something I loved and I knew that if I was going to try it, 
now's the time to do it because I was young. I didn't, I didn't have a family and kids and I didn't have responsibilities. I'm like, if I get to that point, then I'm going to be dependent on that paycheck and I'm not going to be able to, to back off on that. So you can't jump when, when you want to jump. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Meaning like I can try it now. And if I fall flat on my face, I fall flat on my face. The only person that I'm hurting is myself. Yeah. Right? It's on you and you just get back up and yeah. find a job. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I, I knew that I could find some kind of job, you know, go back to Mercedes or I got a degree in HVAC. So, I mean, I had a two year degree in that and, you know, remember the joke that Nick always says that I, I got a two year degree and I never worked in that industry at all. I still work for Mercedes Benz because I got I got the I graduated because I wanted to make my mom proud. But before I graduated a month into it, I, I said that uh, I, I, I said, man, I do not want to do this. And I felt so bad because I feel like I just wasted two years of life and money and going to school. And, and kids don't know what they want to do. No I mean, way. It's man. No way. It's terrible to make a kid decide. Like, go to college. You got to tell me what you're going to do the rest of your life. I'm like, man, you just got out of high school. You can't do that to a kid. I remember those days. I mean, it's not that long. You know, I remember that vividly going, I don't know what the hell I want to do. Like, being like a sophomore and you're like trying to pick like college credit classes and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, and you go like how, the career fairs and they're like, oh, people are just trying to convince you to choose this is what you're going to do the rest of your life. Hey, so, buddy, yeah. over yeah. here. It's yeah. like, yeah. I was like, I don't want to fucking do any of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you guys, you guys, or coming along or, and especially this generation now is you can see that entrepreneurship is even way broader than it was like when I got out of high school because the internet, YouTube and internet and yeah, you know, absolutely. you can get mail order sales and only so fans. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, mean really. I even thought about doing an only fans. I mean, I really did. So pictures, so, that middle leg, man, it's going to make some money. <laughs> yeah. No, I saw pictures I know, of your foot. Be somebody, that, somebody wants to see this. And if I could charge by the pound, <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a deal and a bargain, you know? Yeah. But my, my point was on the, uh, you, you know, um, I forgot. What, oh, uh, sorry about that. HVA school. <laughs> that's all right. Getting out of HVA school. Uh, Nick always says, you know, because I never worked in that industry. And Waddell, he came from that industry. He yeah, yeah. But when I got out, he says, Nick always says in our seminars, he goes, yeah, he goes, T-Bone's got a degree in HVAC technician, but the only unit he's ever pulled is his own. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's probably true, though. <laughs> hey, whatever works. It's funny, like, yeah. HVAC, though, is like a killer career path. Like, all my brother-in-laws are in it, and it's like, I always thought, you know, I went to school for, I went to, like, I did. A, I have a two-year degree, and I got uh, business management and marketing, because I was like, oh, I can kind of use that wherever I go. That's what most people do. You know, because I still didn't know what the hell I wanted to do, yeah. and so, but anyway, I always thought, like, that'd be a, a good backup plan, and John Deere helped me out in, in the meantime, yeah. but. Um, I'm kind of the opposite. I just. I loved welding from when I was young, so I'm like, hey, I'm going to be a welder. See, I, don't need, I don't need to go to college for but, this. But you're so lucky. I mean, it might not you might not seem lucky, but it's awesome that you had that interest in like welding and fabrication. Right. And my, yeah. my old man was a welder and everything, so he got me into it. I'm like, I love this. I don't need to go to school for someone to teach me something I already know how to do and love. And you're good at it. That and I'm good at it, yeah. I, honestly, honestly, um, you know, if I had it to do over... And, you know, if they put a gun to my head, I, that's what I would do is go into welding, fabrication, machinist, yep. that kind of thing. That That's probably what I would go into because I like tinkering and building and inventing yeah. and stuff like that. Well, I that's like, doing that. like last year I made my own bow press. I found plans yeah. online and I built it myself. 
And I mean, yep. it, it's take a cool, that last chance archery. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. the design's kind of stolen off theirs. I'm like, you're not selling it. It's just in your house. It's in my. It's in yeah. my garage. Yeah, that, then I went the opposite, opposite, and went mechanical engineering. So right. Yeah. Five years of my life. <laughs> well, but, hey. I mean, that's a good job, and it's you know, if you enjoy it, that's fine. But so many people are in jobs that they just can't stand. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. they slam their head into the wall, and it, it just. You know, and especially in this day and age, it doesn't have to be that way. So, yeah. you know, uh, I, I, I wished or did, I like to tell people to pursue their passion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you feel that way when you're at Mercedes? Did you have that like bang your head against the wall type feeling? Well, I didn't. I, I mean, I enjoyed the work because it's hands on. I did interior work. So mm-hmm. I was having to drive to Atlanta every day and I did interior work like uh, covering leather dashes, yep. uh, leather, you know, dashboards, uh, uh, anything having to do with the interior headliners convertible tops, covering seats. I did anything like that, meaning I didn't work for Mercedes-Benz, a dealership. We did all the service yeah. stuff for the dealerships, and we did all the warranty work for them. So we may be working on a 1956 uh, 190 SL, restoring it, oh, but we oh. did it exclusively. Or I did. we did all the – there's three major dealerships in Atlanta, and anything that they came in um, – related to the interior like hey we got a faulty door panel or this one's ripped can you cover it for us or fix it so we would handle all the service work for the three dealerships as Very well cool. as that is awesome when, yeah when there was downtime and stuff um we would we would restore old uh, mercedes um mainly mainly the convertibles but we'd work on all of them you know putting new seats in horsehair pads so i enjoyed the work because it was hands-on and you were you know building something fabricating intricate type yeah yeah, well, and it's kind of it's it's something different every day. It's yeah. like I worked at yeah. John Deere at the factory, and that was the same job every day for twelve hours. That's all you did. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, real tedious work. Man, I, I just don't know that I could do that assembly line doing the same thing. I don't know that I could do it. But uh, what what got me is I didn't like driving into Atlanta. I was having to drive. It was only thirty miles, but it would take me an hour and a half every Ooh. day. One Holy way smokes. One way. One way because of traffic. Ugh. Yeah, go in, come home, and it was just eating into my life. You know, that was three hours every day, roughly three hours every day, and it was only 30 miles, you know. So I, just that and having to deal with in Atlanta, um, and, you know, I'm like, I just don't want to do this for the next 30 or 40 years. And yeah. I just couldn't get enough of – I was shooting competitively, and I was spending probably 30 to 40 hours in my dad's basement. I built a little shop there. I even built a press myself too. You know, my buddy's a welder and I helped design it and I helped him weld it. I can weld, but I didn't have a welder in fabrication, but between sure. me and him, we built a press way back when. And, uh, so I, I mean, I was working on bows, you know, just like I was telling you the NASCAR whole scenario in my basement, you know? So I just like, I want to do something in the outdoor industry. I don't know what, whether it be, I may be a salesman, you know, I may be a, a, a sales rep for an archery company or, or fishing or just something in the outdoor space. And then I had a job, uh, a, a guy asked me about coming to work at his shop and I took a huge pay cut, but it was, you know, closer to the house is only 15 miles all driving through the country to get there. And I'm like, I'll, I'll You're do You're already this. ahead right there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and you Close enjoy it. House. Exactly. And, and I haven't looked back since. I mean, I was, I'd worked 60, 80 hours a week there and never feel like I, you know, I, I didn't even bother me. I enjoyed yeah. fletching airs for people and, and and I got really, I, I felt good about, I guess I'm a natural salesman, kind of. I, I loved, 
and I don't like the selling people something, but I like, like kind of, I, I like to, and I hope my YouTube videos come this across. Like I, I just like to show what I, what I've chose mm-hmm. or you can go these routes, but I like this for this reason and let yeah. them choose. Right. You know what I mean? Not just saying, Hey man, if you don't, if you don't get this right here, you backing up. Yeah. I like to explain the pros and cons to everything and let them decide, you know, and for sure. You know, for sure. Yeah. So uh, I, I enjoy that. And, um, and then taking someone that you can tell they walk through the door and that they're so, and and everybody that has a pro shop or has ever been to a pro shop, they're scared to go. It's like, man, I want to get into bow hunting. I remember my experience in archery, my first experience with my dad buying me a recurve, him not knowing what to buy. He bought me a recurve that was too strong. So that was a negative. And I, I've, I've fought my whole life to make sure that I try to educate people or let people know that are interested in it. It don't have to be that way. So mm-hmm. I want people to have a good experience in getting into archery. And then they're off and running. And then we've got a great advocate for hunting, for outdoors, for everything. Once they're off and running, that's my little give back for being in archery. So when I, yeah. when I went to buy my first bow, because it was 10 years after my daddy gave me that bow, I had it in my head, I can't pull 45 pounds. So I, I wouldn't even pull the bow back when I was there. You know, so many people are like, man, I'm going to be embarrassed in front of my buddies if I can't yep. pull this 65-pound bow back. And I guarantee you, everybody that's ever bow hunted has that has crossed their mind. It's like, yeah. I'm going to look like a dang fool in front of everybody. We've and all been I was, there. I was, I was so bad. I felt so bad about that. I wouldn't even pull the bow back that when I got – I took it home. I bought a $400 setup uh, back in 1988, and I didn't even know if I could pull it back. Took, took it home. I just told the guy to tie the peep side in where he thought it needed to go. No kidding. Uh, he was like, yeah. And, and I got that bow home and there's a huge transformation from 10 or 11 year old boy to a 19 year old boy. Yeah. So I should have known better. I was so stupid. I should have known better. Cause I, you know, I was benching 260, 270 pounds, you know, <laughs> yeah. playing a lineman in, in high school football. I should have known better, but I got that bow home and I about ripped the limbs off of it. <laughs> Yeah. And then instantly I felt like, man, I'm going to be able to do this. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody's felt that way because you can just tell how people are when they come to a bow shop. They're like, oh, man, I ain't going to be able to pull this back. So yeah. I enjoyed the comforting feeling of I'm going to introduce them. They're going to have a great experience rather than, you know, beating them down or browbeating them or making their experience come into the archer shop. Yeah. I was going to make it pleasant, you know, whether it be a woman, a kid. And it's so wonderful to once they – commit to buying a bow and you set it up even if it's just a beginner and you take them out there on the range and you let them shoot you know and they're thinking like i'm gonna have to shoot every day i'm gonna have to shoot 30 40 50 60 arrows a day and hope i can hit everybody goes by the pizza box if yeah, i can yeah, hit that yeah, pizza yeah. box i can kill a deer or a pie plate mm-hmm. so with that said you go out there and within 20 shots they're hitting a, a you know like a baseball every time at 20 yards you can just see their face and body light up Kind of a relief a little bit. They're, yeah, they yeah. just like, I'm going to be able to do this. I set them up correctly. They're not hitting their arm. You know, we taught them correctly. We got them off and running. It's like, all right, I gut hooked another one for archery. I can let you go now. You're yeah, hitting right. 20 yards. You're hooked for life. I'll see you next week because I know you're going to come into my store. Yeah, your archery spirits are high. You did your job. I mean, oh, and, and, oh, I mean, almost a 180 as far as what they feel about archery. And, yeah. and it, we did that in a two or three hour period. It, it, it gave me such pleasure. And that's what it's about. It's not even about the money. It's that moment right there that you help that person and that yep. smile on their face. 
Yeah, and and hopefully we're singing those praises or going those praises even now. Yeah. Um, you, you know, uh, maybe I'm not working in the shop, but at least maybe through words of encouragement or things that they see on TV or you know, yeah, you can do a lot of that impact through videos nowadays. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. the you don't get the the, the, one the interaction, but, but you you can still you do more than you're doing more good than you realize when you do it that way. Yeah. But like, exactly. I like that you you talked about that bone because like some archery shops are super intimidating yeah oh they are for sure exactly. really. and you go in and oh, man I, we've talked about this like the guy at the behind the counter is kind of growly and you feel like you're inconveniencing them and hey the peeps not can you move the people a little bit and they kind of do the uh, yeah yeah i it, guess you know not all shops are like that of no, course but, but it's no, intimidating i know it, I know it and I, I i want people to not know that you know those type of guys maybe not should be in, uh, you know, one-on-one customer service per- person to person. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. they have, you know, everybody has a bad day, but they need some PR those, courses. Yeah, those those guys have bad days and worse days. That's the only two days they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, I feel you on that. But yeah, if there's one thing I'd love to be able to, you know, people that have shops and and I I bleed, you know, for the independent shop and you know you guys have such a platform a great platform you know the working class bow hunter we've we've said it a thousand times you know to the billy joe lunch bucket yeah and those are the guys that are going into the the archery shops and they're the ones that are visiting the independent really tailor and those are the ones that I, mean, I used to have guys that used to come by my store on a daily basis as if it was a bar you know, just to yeah. hang out camaraderie and that's, a great atmosphere. that's a great atmosphere to have you know they might pick up a nugget about their broadhead or you know like man I, I never even thought about trying that on my wrist i think i might try that and i welcome that and those guys they like being a part of it so much man they'd help me out it was like i had employees you know they'd help out hey man can you go fluff that target oh yeah man i'd love to they just want to be a part of it you know and yeah. hey i'll tell you what right here look here here's my buddy there's my buddy smack right there What's he's up, over man? there fletching arrows right now <laughs> i love it he's been fletching arrows with me since long time since the 90 <laughs> no kidding that's my, that's my best buddy right there schmeck he 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 could care less about having a camera on him at all man but i'm that's telling awesome, you there ain't, ain't nobody better than schmeck right there nice to meet you man that's cool yep i saw good, you looking over there i was wondering yeah. if there's someone down there with you Fletching yeah up bones, he, he's fletching my arrows that's awesome he, man yeah we're that, making a vein change and that's the whole the whole archery dojo down there huh yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah, they all take a look. I mean, I don't know if y'all are doing audio or whatever. Give but, us a tour, Oh, yeah, man. we're doing both audio video. Yeah, Heck so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we see all those bows hanging up, but those are all bow fishing bows. Oh, wow. Uh, up there on the ceiling? Yeah, they're hanging from the ceiling there. Yeah. And then if you look, i got French doors there, so it opens up, so we got a 25-yard indoor range. We shoot from the door back there all the way in past where I'm sitting right now. And then there's the big target right behind Smack. Love it. And he just sits there the whole time while you're shooting. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We, just, we, we should have made it wider, but when I built the house, we only made this. He, he's a good shot, but I'm not a thrill. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't putting an apple on his head yet, is he? Yep. And then, uh, you know, naturally we get, we got stuff on the walls and stuff. So, I mean, it's like an archery shop, but it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah, looks like yeah. It. We, we still sell up 30 it. or 40 bows a year. Um, we've got a, a couple back over here, got to set up, but, yeah. um, I mean, that ain't, that ain't just a backdrop for a podcast. I mean, this is legit. We're in the, we're in the dojo. Yeah, no, I love it, man. That's the setup and right then, there. Cozy. And we got, usually we've got, uh, 
outdoor channel uh, playing up there. But right now we're watching Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory, man. That's awesome. Can't go wrong with that. And then uh, just just on the other side of this wall, the the well the wall that I'm looking at, I'm I mean I'm only two foot from a wall right now, mm-hmm. but um, just on the other side of that is my man cave, and we got refrigerator full of drinks and uh, no you know place to go back uh, the bathroom and everything. So that's what that's what it's about right there, man. So hopefully you yeah. still got the little trophy we I made for you. What was that? Yeah, I, dude, five, it's upstairs. five years ago. Yeah. Dude, it's upstairs. I'm as proud of that. I've done so many podcasts and or, you know, like come see T-Bone's house. And I pointed that out. I'm proud of that. It's we've got all of our outdoor channel trophies uh, in a row up there. There's like 10 or 11 of them. And then I got a, a Wexford trophy. And then I got the working class bow hunter trophy. That's all awesome. In the prized racks. Huh? That thing awesome. was handmade right here. I know. We need to do <laughs> yeah. that again. We haven't done that in a while. No, we, we haven't done that in a we very need, long time. Need to do that. I need to make up some new trophies and Maybe get the, that done. At the end of 22, we'll do a, a fan vote thing or yeah. listener vote. I, hate, I don't like using fan or listener. Um, yeah. That's cool, man. I like that. That's like the, that's all you need, man, for the man kit. And that's kind of like what we've done with our studio, you know, like we have our bar green, we call it the green room, you know? And yeah. yeah. Now is, is this the place that you y'all move to? Yep. And uh, it's it's a building, so y'all have yes, to sir. go there from your house. It's not in yeah. your house. Right? Yep. No, yeah, this is its own standalone facility. Like, this is just the studio room now, and then, like, you yeah. go right out our door, and our green room, we just had – it was an old hair salon. So ah. we uh, – it's well, I it, need a haircut, too, boy. Well, I say, I mean, is that cord long enough? We could probably stick it out the door and give them a little <laughs> tour. <laughs> it's not, oh. but no, – uh, I've seen some pictures, but when y'all were putting it together, yeah. Kurt – yeah, I just was making sure it's the same building because yep. it looked to me like the studio took it like y'all built a studio and then you're like, no, nah, we need to change it. And then you well, changed it again. I think. Well, what happened was I moved. So the studio started in the, when I lived in a little town called Sherrard, Illinois, yep. and I had like a little room that was, I mean, there's an oversized closet. It's an oversized closet. We just made it work, you know, because it was where we started. And yeah. then I moved south to another town called New Windsor. And uh, south, I'm in the country, southwest. Yeah. And then we had a little bigger room, so we kind of just made that the studio. And then we had that for a year, and it was like, man, it really was my wife being pregnant and having to use that bedroom because you had another kid on the yeah, way. So like, okay, we need so. this bedroom. So, it, but we need. It was the perfect time. It was time. It it was right. Like we were ready for it. Our growth was to that point. Um. So and it's it's just working out good. So we found this place. It was all wide open. We looked at it, and the guy who was selling it, their hair salon, essentially closed down because of COVID. And uh, really cool guy. When we got here, he had a case of Bushlight waiting for us, and he's like, "Man, I did all this. I renovated the whole place." And we looked at it, and we're like, "Man, we'd have to do a lot of work to get this to work for a recording studio and do what right. we want to do." But we saw like hair wash bowl station. We're like, "There's the wet bar. We could frame that out." There's a bedroom here. We got the bathroom. There's a little kitchen where we can at least we're, we're envisioning it as we yeah, walk we in the door. we actually pictured it all pretty well, pretty fast. Exactly yeah. how it worked out. Yeah. So when we're walking out, the the guy is really cool. His name's Matt. He he looked at us and he goes, guys, I just want to fucking sell this place. And to me, that's like, make me an offer. Name your price. Name yeah. your exactly. price. So exactly. So I, I called Eric. I live five minutes from the studio. I call Eric. I'm not even home. I'm like... You want to make an offer? Eric's like, fuck yeah, let's make an offer. Call him tomorrow. And it just worked out. Like, it's the offer was pretty much spot on with what he was thinking. 
And he goes, and, and, and again, and again, the stars just align. Like we, you had another kid on the way. We were looking for a place. We were talking about building a place, and then this, this place came up for sale. And it was just, I mean, it was meant to be. Yeah, is it pretty close to all y'all's house? <laughs> just, uh, just to me, just, just to Kurt. Kurt. <laughs> I'm like an hour and ten minutes away. I'm like an hour. Are you really? Yep. Yeah. How about you, Doug? An hour. Man. Yeah. So I'm the only lucky one with that, but I guess. What makes it possible is it's in a small town, and where we're at, property's cheap. So that made it very doable for us. Right. You know, if we did uh, one in the Quad Cities, which would be middle ground, we would have paid quadruple the price for the same type of building. So Eric and Doug live in Iowa? Yep. Yeah, I got you. We live on the good side of the creek, you know, the good side of the Mississippi. Yeah, man, I'm telling you. I I should be. (laughs) I mean, I had enough points to draw last year, but I... I didn't obviously, and I, I I'm not going to put in this year either. So I'm gonna, oh, I'm just going to get another point. So I, when I do draw, I'll have like eight or nine points. There you go. Oh, you're, <laughs> I'm going to ask them. I'm going to say, can I keep like like can I keep three of these for the next draw? And yeah, just, yeah. I'm just going to use four. Just apply for that governor's tag. You'll be good. Yeah, I know. I've gotten that a few times, but then a few times I've been rejection, rejected, and I just can't handle the rejection. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, but if we're being honest, you know, with one leg, like you talked earlier, just just come to Iowa and hunt. They're not going to say nothing. Exactly. They're not going to give me a ticket, right? Yeah, come no, on. Hell no. Yeah, I'm going to throw that sympathy card in there. Hey, man, shed yeah. a tear, dude. I'm, I'm a one-legged fat guy. I, <laughs> I just walked four miles on public ground with one leg. What are you saying? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> follow my tracks, buddy. You'll see I'm not lying. Yeah. Right? yeah follow my, just follow down and be like, well, how are you going to push a guy with one leg? Look at me. Yeah. Assault. Just do whatever. Assault. Exactly. Assault, brother. Do whatever everybody else does on the internet. <laughs> I know it. That's funny. I, I told David that, man, and he died laughing. I, you know, because we were having a serious conversation, and I busted into that. I'm like, they're not going to give me a ticket, David. I mean, they're not. And besides, they're you not. Know how many followers and likes I would get if I did get caught? You know how many? You know how much uh, good, good. I mean, not good press, but press I would get because of that. Right. Like, I ain't doing that. Any press is good press, right? Yeah, exactly. that's, that's the rumor for sure. So. It's only good if you make TMZ. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Well, I don't should make our own TMZ for the hunting community. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was sitting here trying to remember, and I was going to look on my phone. I didn't want to be rude, but there was a video of Doug. Uh-oh. Oh, oh boy, I, I forget. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks back. I I died laughing. You, you had safety glasses on and something other. What was y'all doing? I forgot, but it was funny as hell. Was it when we were in the tree saddles? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, and, and you looked at the camera and, and said, how about that, or something like that. or oh, like, Yeah, I you're trying to do a commercial. You, all he was supposed to do is promote the podcast, and you yeah. couldn't get past, hey, guys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Here was my face. It's hard. Dude, it was funny. It was funny. I don't know. I, it, it, just because I know you guys, it was yeah. funny. I'm like, dude, that is so Doug right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm an idiot. Doug has I'm become like a living meme over the past like two years. That's, that's it's perfect, escalated quickly. Man. That's perfect, man. And don't ever lose the stash, man. I can't. Yeah, it's I ingrained in me. That is a porn stash if I've ever seen one. <laughs> We're trying to get like a uh, like a mustache product sponsor you know like a mustache oh, wax or an oil yeah so. beard beard products yeah. yeah absolutely all of you guys are rocking that and plus everybody else that listens to this yeah right it would actually make a ton of we aren't really looking but it would actually it make, would make a lot of sense it would make a lot of sense for that mustache and we could oh, make yeah, some pretty I, good commercials for them 
Honestly, I'm thinking about coming up with a beard wax just so that you guys can Oops. promote it for me. I'm listening. T-Bone, yeah. million dollar idea. Let's run with it. You get a wax that doubles as a bowstring wax that so you can also Boom. use in your facial hair. Yes, and here's an applicator and everything. You just put it on there like that and <laughs> rub it on in. Yeah. yeah. The bone wax. Yeah, maybe the bone wax. Ha- have Last Chance Archery give us a call and we'll start the development yes. process. That's right. Double down, guys. When you're in the woods and you need to wax your string, just reach up in your beard and get <laughs> oh, that Oh, man. Wax. It's perfect. Oh, you pull it out of yeah. your beard to put on your string? Oh, exactly. that's a million dollar idea. Just put my mustache on it. You got to wax the mustache out of the way so it doesn't get caught on your kisser. Yeah, button. yeah. Yeah. You know, he, just, um, he, just, he just waxes over to the left side. <laughs> All of it? Yeah. The whole thing to the left side so it doesn't get stuck. Gosh, <laughs> I've never seen somebody have a parted mustache. You know, everybody grows it out like this. Yeah. You got to have everything like this, like <laughs> One way. Which way the wind blowers? Just it's just going this way. T bone, just like your old your old cutout hat, you know. Yeah. For the yeah. <laughs> exactly. What is going on, Doug? With your just have like this side right here, like like six inches long, and then it's almost like a cat that you cut half the whiskers off. Of. Regular, so, like dude, just, just grow out the one side. It's a pretty side. windy day out here. Yeah. <laughs> when oh I, my god, that'd be so funny. <laughs> when I grew, I grew my beard out for like a year a one year, time, yeah. and it was just so. Like you know, and Joe Derby's like, you mean to tell me your facial hair just grows in all white trash like that? That's and he's what like, it was. He's like, right. he goes, I don't know what you're trying to say, but yeah, that was me. And <laughs> yeah. my mustache was like uh, lion taber like style mustache where it was like all long on the ends. Curly cute. And yeah. it used to get caught in my bowstring, like, and get pieces of it get pulled out. So you'd have to oh, just yeah. trim out <laughs> just the little edge where you're just cut a little opening. Yeah. <laughs> Doug right. just cut a V in his Yeah, I just cut a V. Like yeah. T-Bone's old hat. I'd be like, where my string goes. I had a customer. I don't even need a kisser button. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't a need a kisser button. <laughs> I had a, uh, I, I had a customer of mine. This is no lie. This was back when the type of rest that was real popular is called a star hunter. It was two blades. Yeah. That came together like this. And it had side tension like this. It was mainly meant for someone that shot fingers, but it had such clearance because we didn't have drop-away rest. This is long before drop-away rest. And it was like this. And those blades, like I would cover them with with um, uh, suede material. Actually, we're, we're working on some right here. And it's a uh, – but I, I – because I was background was leather and Mercedes-Benz, I had a surplus of leftover leather. So I would cover people's rest, custom cover them with the leather. Well – he would shoot it, but then again, when your arrow gets a little dust on there and he goes to draw it back, he goes, you know, <laughs> because it was dirty. Yeah. So this guy, I mean, he was he was a weird cat, great dude, but he would he would do this, man. He'd come down to the shop and he'd shoot just like it was. His name was Kirby Fiddler. Mm-hmm. That's what his name. I, I just remember. Great name. That is a good but name. He shot with fingers. He shot with a glove on. Man, he was he was noted for being a hunter around here. <laughs> I know he's still alive, but he's he's old. He's twenty years older, twenty five years older than me. But he'd shoot with a glove on and shoot fingers, and he'd pull that thing back and he'd make that noise, and he'd clean his air. And then to to lubricate or to redo fluff the leather, he'd take the wax. You know how you get wax oh, on yeah. like that. He would take and rub like that. Like I mean, he would honestly do this like this, and then put it on the take the grease like off his face. Yep, grease off his face. You know, summertime, and you're just all greasy and sweaty, and put it on his rest. And Hell like, yeah quiet as hell the way he used to do that was so methodical it's just like you know i'm like man that is bad (laughs) oh kirby fiddler man t-bone is like this guy's got it figured out right here he does man i'm like uh, like inspector gadget like most people would be like 
I can't go hunting. I can't go hunting. And that dude just went. <laughs> <laughs> he quieted up his rest like that, man. Pulled out a holster. Dang. Yeah, exactly. That's utilizing a convenient resource right there as well. Well, now we'll just oh, have yeah. mustache wax for it. Yeah, exactly. Doug, you got you got to go one sided, man. Or I tell you what, <laughs> let's see if we can talk Michael Pitts and you both to do it. Oh, if Michael does it, you have to yeah, do it. If Michael's down, I have to kind of. I'm kind of. Bone. That's back the, the commercial here. right there. Is the two together? Yes, I talked. I talked to Michael just the other day. Actually, we're going to have lunch one day next week. Man, he's so awesome. I love that guy. Yep, man, he is. And and uh, <laughs> well, I was huh? telling him about this because because he works on both stuff too. I was telling him about this. This is another product that they were coming out with with Last Chance for covering your ass. Uh-huh. It's waterproof and it's real pliable and it sticks like crazy and it's something we've carried, we've uh, we've covered rest with for years. I mean, I've covered so many and and taught Pitts how to do it and Pitts does it too. And you know, we the one that started lacing them up and everything like that. Yeah. And it's been so hard to find the right material where where we used to get it, you can't get it anymore. And he and I both have been on a search. And I'm like, shit, I'm just gonna make it. So I I've been working with companies and stuff like that and we we got it now so kick ass awesome, man yeah it'll be available too you know through last chance in the future but nonetheless um michael's coming up and i'm gonna hook him up i got a surplus of the material and i'm gonna hook him up we're gonna have lunch next week awesome so. hey he told us a story at ata oh my god and i can't remember the connection we were crying laughing Dude, i never i don't think i've laughed so hard in my life when he told us a story I, and i don't remember the connection and I don't want to tell the story in full detail without like having permission, but it was someone that's friends with Roger Culpepper that was in Africa and wanted to shoot a monkey. Maybe you've heard the story. And he was like on the fence oh about God. it, about shooting this monkey. He's like, man, kind of human like, but you got to ask Pitts about it and have him tell you the illustrated story that he gave us. We couldn't even do it just if we told the story. It, it was not even worth telling, but we all cried laughing. I was crying, laughing <laughs> for 20 minutes. It was unbelievable. It's the funniest story. Pitts, with his accent, could tell you a story about how he, you know, tried to brush his teeth left-handed, and it would be so funny. Oh, I know. And just, yeah. just the, his mannerisms, so animated, he's talking yeah. with his hands and stuff. Uh, I'm like, yep. God damn it. He cracks me you, up. You, you guys are too, too young to remember it, but there was an actress that was famous back in the day, and I shouldn't make fun, but her name was Catherine Hepburn. And, you know, on Golden Pond yep. with Henry yep. Fonda, it's an older movie or whatever. But she had, I forget what type, but it affects your, the way you talk. You got a little bit of bounce in your talk like this, almost like Forrest Gump. Yeah. Well, Pitts has got that right there. He's got <laughs> a bit of that man, yeah. I tell you. And then you throw <laughs> that, southern, that southern twang in there, too. It's like, yeah. gosh, dang it. He, he, he'll kill me when I tell you this, but he's like, Pitts, you know, he, he's still single, and I think he's, 40 something now he's in his 40s but and 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 i'm not saying that's a bad thing i'm like good for you pits you yeah. don't have to follow suit do you know do, you, think, do you do your thing so uh he says uh you know he, he still got the drive oh, i said pits what do you think about you know send him a text of, a, of somebody what do you think about her man she's pretty and i'm like how pretty is she you know when we get to talking he goes Man, she's so pretty. I'd dribble a basketball through a minefield just to hear her fart in a walkie-talkie. <laughs> in a walkie-talkie. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, golly, that's it right there, boy. She's pretty. Dude, that's dude. That's like the best. Michael Pitt's best type of human beings there that's, is. That's Pitt's yeah. to a T. You that never actually, know. That actually reminds me of another surreal moment. Uh, remember when we were eating in Wisconsin at that steak dinner? I was a fr- I showed T Bone what Tinder was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, well, no, no, I I had heard of Tinder. Mm-hmm. But never you seen it. Beat dive, you gave me the dick oh, yeah. about it, and I was like, holy crap, you guys have got it so easy, man. We had to work <laughs> so hard back in the day. Yeah. I mean, you, you have no idea how we had to work for it back in the day. Yeah, but T-Bone, you got to realize that's not even like in our era. Dude, like, I never used Tinder. No, like, I never, I've never even no, well, had the well, app or I'm anything. Just saying, guys of your age, for right, sure, right? For yeah, sure. I, yeah, I've never I mean, used it either. Well, so. Yeah, yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, successfully well, anyway. Yeah. Oh, hey. You better for for us old married guys. You better be using it, man. You better make us proud by God. That's right, because we need stories, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, He's got, got stories. stories. Yeah. He's That's got what stories. We thrive on. That's what we thrive on around hunting camp. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, I've been with some younger camera guys, and I'm not going to let any names out by no means. You can't. But we've yeah, got freelance guys and stuff like that, and you know they've showed me how it works in the in the blind and stuff like that and i'm sitting there going oh my gosh man this is unbelievable <laughs> oh <my gosh>. believe <laughs> it. i know yeah it. unbelievable we it's all crazy. live vicariously through doug's uh i don't know the word there just through doug just, just <laughs> yeah. through doug we'll just leave it at we'll that we'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah i'm happy to oblige <laughs> there you go buddy i'm telling you man rock on son rock on <laughs> yeah. t-bone you are uh, so much fun to talk to every time we get to do this man and it just—it's always so natural, man. So yeah, we just appreciate yeah. the hell out of you, man. And we're glad you're here with us, man. And, and we're able to box out some time to let us chat your ear off and have good conversation, brother. It does Anytime, mean a lot to guys. us, guys. Like like I've told you, Kurt. I mean, I know of uh, you know when we text and stuff like that. You anytime, you guys. I I'll, I mean, we'll do back to back weeks if you want to. Anything you need, I I enjoy this as much or, or more than you guys do. So you know, this is home base. Like I told you guys, we. Um, you know, we do a lot of podcasts. I, I did, I, I, this is my fifth one this week, actually. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of podcasts and, a lot. and I love every one of them, but honestly, this is, this is home base. So that means a lot. That means a lot. Much, yeah. much, much, awesome. much obliged son. I mean, I, I honestly, I appreciate you guys. Y'all, y'all do a great job. Just keep it up and just enjoy the journey, man. Enjoy the journey. Yeah. Thanks brother. Well, Thank I'm looking you. forward to seeing what you're going to be cranking out here and, yep. uh, best of luck to you, man, getting, getting back to it and doing what you do, but I love the motivation. I love your just motivated mind to just anything archery and new stuff is very inspiring. So oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love this stuff, man. I'll be on my deathbed and be thinking and tinkering to tell my wife, Hey, bring in my set Allen wrenches up here to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, so right. that's, just the way, that's the way it is, man. So I, it, archery and the hunting has been so good to me. So, uh, it's not like it's a, it, there's no gun to my head to give back. I, I, I absolutely love it. So it's beautiful. It's so good to me. Yep. Yep. Thanks. So, you. Thanks t Bon. I mean, we just been pleasured to know you for the last couple of years and you know, many more podcasts to come. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I got a feeling that if, if I'm able, I'm coming to Wisconsin for that steak next year, whether I'm booked for that deal or not, I'm We're just doing coming it. up for hey. steak and uh, a, a motel. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> table, well, the table ready. Mick just said he's coming for the steak too. He said, "All right, all right. Hey, we're talking steak. He's coming too. <laughs> Bring him along. It's, hey, it's hey, a date. Hey, dinner's on us too. Yeah, we yeah, got oh, it. Well, don't worry about that, man. We'll we'll worry about that. We're just going to have some good friends and fellowship, and we'll worry about that. We'll do a a motel podcast again. That's right. There you go. <laughs> hey, in the near future too, we got to get you in the studio so you can see the place. Yes, yes. If I'm up that way, we'll carve out an extra day and we'll we'll do that. That'd be great, man. For Absolutely. Sure. I, I've been talking with uh, Jordan, you know, the, the neon sign guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, ever since I, I met him up there at y'all's podcast, we, you know, he and I have 
messaged and stayed in contact and stuff. I keep bugging him. If y'all could help me, I'm trying to get him to build me a G5. Like in my man cave, I've got, yeah. I, I love neon stuff. I've got three or four neon signs. And uh, uh, G5 back in the day made three or four, or I, it might have been 10 for like good dealers. And I had one, but when I sold my store, it went with it. And I've always loved their blue and white. You know, it just it just yeah, pops. It pops. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to I'm trying to get him to bake make me a G five one, but he says he's not quite ready to he's getting ready, you know, and his shop's almost his done. Yep. Shop. Yep. Yeah. His but shop's think, almost and, done. But I think that the uh I'm you know, trying to get him to build me one of them. Not for free or nothing. I just want him to build, you know, yeah. the connection of, hey, I, my buddy built this that does neon. Yeah. I want to buy it from him, you know. He's the guy to do it. Yeah, and he's doing the uh I think that their camp that they have is is a lot of work on him. Angler's Haven, yep. yeah. It yep. keeps him busy, yeah. man. And he does that clothing brand pull back and let go, um, yep. which he hooks us up with gear. And I, I, I think I sent you pictures of our neon here. But oh, yeah. It's just oh, yeah. No, no, I, best I, people ever, man. Them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great people. Yeah, him and his wife, they're, 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 they're great. And uh, But anyway, I've, I've been staying in touch with him. It just goes to show – you know, you never know who you're going to meet another friend or an acquaintance down the road. And exactly, you know, we're all connected. It's just, we got to find time to connect. That's right. Mm, for sure, man. For sure. Well, I'll, we'll put in the good world. Be like, Hey, get that moving, Jordan. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. We'll bug him. A lot we'll of fire underneath him. Well, cool. Stay, stay on the call here, T-Bone real quick, but yeah. uh, thanks everyone for listening. Doug, you got anything to throw in? No, nah, just thanks for coming on T-Bone. Always appreciate, always appreciate it. Start working on that sideways, man. I'll get you a beer. I'll, I'll, start, okay. I'll start to get going. Yeah, just and text me and let me know if you're going left or right. I want to know so I can pull Ooh, uh, kids in on it, too. It matters. That stuff matters. I'm going to go right. Or yeah. do I go left? No, away you, from the bow. You got to go with the draw. Left. You got to go draw. You go left. With the draw. Oh, with the draw. So, so it lays, the string lays over the hair. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you have to let it grow out on your left side. Your left side. Yeah. Yeah. Or so you're right-handed, right? So yeah, it comes so over the right. So right side, yeah, right? right side. It's going all going right, but you got to grow the left side so it comes over the right. Oh, either way, either way. No, no, it's got to go the other way. So it doesn't get right in the way or string. Yeah, if he's right, it needs to go to the left. Oh, okay. So, oh, I got yeah. you. I'll start yeah, going. Need to keep the right side <laughs> short for the kisser. Uh, okay. okay. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. right oh boy. Well, cut out a V on your right side for the kisser button. <laughs> this is going to be. And then your left side will be long as shit. And then should I curl it? <laughs> Yeah. Dude, everyone yeah. in regular life, it'd be like the most functional mustache ever. Everyone else would be like, "What the hell?" Yeah. <laughs> but, but the, you think about the conversation piece whenever you're at the bar or your on Tinder. When you Facetiming with your Tinder date, you can tell them. You know, I mean, you could talk for thirty minutes about that. True. True. It's you good. can come up with all. It's kinds an icebreaker. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a womb room. I got caught in a, I got caught, I got caught in a hurricane. <laughs> the old womb room. The old cookie duster. It grows in all white trash like this. <laughs> I love it. Eric, I don't even want to ask you anything to add at this point. <laughs> Actually, truth be known, is we should, we you know, we three, being married guys, should grow it. Because it's going to, it might hinder him. That's going to hurt me a little bit. You're right. Yeah, I know. It. I right. mean, well, but are you up for a challenge? I do Can love a challenge. Still pull with a one-legged mustache. <laughs> with a hole in it. And a little middle leg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little middle leg. Hey, we're all in that boat. Amen. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so much, Bone. Thanks, everyone, yeah. for tuning in, watching, and listening. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. Thanks, guys.
I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device.